tired of hearing those same old songs. Blah, blah, blah goes on too long. I need someone to make me sing. Rick and Bubba's my kind of thing. Don't go calling them lazy, though they are kind of crazy. There's no ranting and raving. The best is what I'm craving. Turn them on. Turn them on. Tune them in. Tune them in. Welcome to Rick and Bubba's kind of church. Turn them on. Turn them on. You better tune them in. Tune them in. Welcome to Rick and Bubba's kind of church. This is the end of your radio search. Turn them on. Turn them on. You better tune them in. Tune them in. Welcome to Rick and Bubba's kind of church. Welcome to Rick and Bubba's kind of church. This is the end of your radio search. It is seven minutes now past the hour. Rick and Bubba, thanks for being with us from the broadcast plaza and teleport. A brand new hour. We hope you'll be part of it. You can reach us. RickandBubba.com is our website. Go there for all the information about the Rick and Bubba show. Get updated on upcoming events at the O'Reilly Auto Parts upcoming events. Shop the Rick and Bubba store. If you're wondering how you can watch and or listen to Rick and Bubba, all that information can be found there as well. Speedy, the real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, all in the mix. Eddie Van Adler has got our live YouTube broadcast rolling. It'll also be archived on YouTube as well. Uh, Rick and Bubba interns at Rick and Bubba University. Daddy calls me pumpkin. Uh, Drops of Jupiter and Jalen Fruithurst, all earning their degrees in common sense, which has now become a superpower. Welcome back for a brand new hour. There he is, 25 years strong. There's Bill Bubba Bussing. Rick, glad to be here. Thank you, and thank all of you for letting us do what we do. Mike Pence uh, has made news today. Uh, The vice president, uh, really, and I don't know how to, uh, to to say the name of the person that he slams uh, anybody want to go is it, it uh, maduro that's the guy that's hanging on to power in venezuela venezuela mm-hmm. and uh, he's gonna slam the venezuelan uh, ambassador so the ambassador for venezuela shows up at the united nations and you know what it's almost like he you know how we always talk you ever been in a situation and you're in a room and everybody's there that should be there and you look over and there's some person in there like what are, what are you yeah. doing here Hmm. And uh, why are you we even invite here? you to the party, dude? You know, and and so it, 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 we're going to display the point that Mike Pence looks over at their ambassador, and he just he, he gives him this this shut up juice at the United Nations, the ambassador for Venezuela. Here it is. This body should revoke the credentials of Venezuela's representative to the United Nations, recognize interim president Juan Guaido, and seat the representative of the free Venezuelan government in this body without delay. With all due respect, Mr. Ambassador, you shouldn't be here. You should return to Venezuela and tell Nicolas Maduro that his time is up. It's time for him to go. <laughs> well, I wish Ham's knew Spanish right now. Yeah, I'd like to call it what he was mouthing. Yeah. yeah, I think I know what it was, but yeah. I'd like to know yeah, for sure. Sure, it started with an F, I think. <laughs> well, when you when when you when you look up and you've got some evil tyrannical dictator sending some ambassador to the United Nations. <laughs> yeah. Pence is like, you, you need to have a Coke and a smile. That man. wasn't a foxtrot to Yankee, was it? <laughs> <huh>? yeah. <laughs> you need to roll on back to Maduro and tell him his time is up, and yeah. we're, we're going to do everything we can to, to get the legitimate government in place and free the people of Venezuela. Yeah. Don't don't let well, the don't let the United Nations door hit you in the rear end on the way back to Venezuela. It's like a coach out in the parking lot talking to the parents during practice. I mean, shouldn't you – 
be at practice handling things while mm-hmm. you out here talking to us. <laughs> you, you know, to go back and handle things. If, if wow, you, that was real. If you know anybody from <laughs> Venezuela, somebody's life right there. <laughs> if you know anybody from Venezuela too, you should talk to them about the things that have gone on in their country over the past decade or so because Venezuela was a booming economy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had uh, they found oil there. They were going to be the new Saudi Arabia. They had international investments. And there was a couple of socialists went in there and sold everybody that they were getting a raw deal, and they ran out everything, went totally socialist. And it, for for a while, it looks like it's going to be great until the money runs out that they were generating by the free enterprise system. And and you remember then we had the stories that starts – it usually starts, sadly, with they're out of toilet paper. That's where That's you usually the see idea. the first And then they're crack. eating their own pets. Yeah, but you remember the and, old guy and, and, the, and the animals at the zoo. <laughs> at the zoo. What, what was the guy's name? You remember he went to the UN. He used to make his speech about George Bush, and you know, you remember he Chavez. got up there and said he could smell. Yeah, Hugo. Hugo said yeah, he could he smell, smell the sulfur, sulfur from yeah. where Bush yeah. had spoke before him. You know, he was the devil and all that stuff. And of course, now you know it's it's just a, a big mess. And the problem is, after you try socialism and it destroys the economy. It's very hard to get it started again because you got a mess. Then oh, it just yeah. turns into to gangs and street mm-hmm. warfare, and there's no, you know, it's just it's just a very very sad s- setup for those. How people. can anybody? And, and they did it to themselves with the magical keys of socialism. You're right. Yep. So, and, and on that note, as we once again look at an, yet another example. Yeah, this is not an isolated deal. Who either. in the world? Can, who has the ability to to take one step after another and chew a piece of gum? <laughs> who in the world would even give a second of your time to any loon that would suggest that this country should should go to socialism? It's incredible. It's incredible the fact that we keep falling for this masquerade. It's it, 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 it's, it, it's happened all over Europe. It's happened in Russia. It's happened in Cuba. It's happened in Nicaragua. It's happened in Venezuela. It's just time and time and time again, people are sold a bill of goods, and it ends up being an empty bag. Can I tell you something? When, and I want everybody to listen because sometimes you have to have somebody. You just say something, everybody goes, "You know what? That resonated." If you would like to end up with no toilet paper, and your visit to the zoo turns in from "Let's go see some animals" to "Let's get something to eat," mm-hmm. okay, that that that's got to be a wake up call. Are we going to the zoo today, mm-hmm. Daddy? Yes. To see if we can kill something to eat. That's not usually what the zoo experience is supposed to be about. No. We're supposed to be learning about animals, looking at animals. Somebody get me a balloon. Okay, we're not supposed to be here to find Where's something that to eat. miniature train? Right. The only time I should go to the zoo to eat is if I'm over at the snack bar. Not I'm in one of the mm. enclosures seeing if I can stab something. I mean, that that is not how we hope the zoo experience would go. That should not be the future and the reality, I guess, of a country that has the oil reserves that Venezuela no. has. Well, and again. And now, you know who's trying to come in there and be the be the white knight for them? That's China. Mm. And they're only going to enslave you in a whole other way. Correct. Yeah. So that's what happens. It's just, I, I don't, I don't, I, I guess people don't learn the lesson. And it's a failure of our education system as a whole, I guess. Uh, are you we so- don't teach people how maniacal and evil this stuff is. And we let goofballs like notorious AOC get up there and Bernie Sanders, who, frankly, when I was growing up, would have both been put in a, in a straight jacket and hauled off. 
I, I don't know why we make them superstars our, now. Our, our, we would we would come after them, put them in jail for for coming against the Constitutional Republic. Oh, I know, yeah. I know. Uh, but, it's scary. It really mm-hmm. is scary. Well, and and you go back to to this really, and and you you've you've hit on it is we we have to look at these situations, and and, and you said you know China will come in. And say we'll slave, we'll enslave you in a different way. Oh yeah, it's very yeah. similar. We'll to what, bail you out, but it's got mm. got a sign, got a sign on the dotted line. China will do to Venezuela like the, what the Democratic Party has done to all minorities. Yeah, uh, and uh, they'll just enslave you in a different way. Uh, all right, we'll come back. Fifteen minutes past the hour. A very disturbing story. Uh, not a good, not a good uh, commentary on the signs of the times. Athens, Alabama. It, it, it's what 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 has happened there at that high school is very very troubling, and we've got video and a story to go with it when we come back. Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba. Daily, that common sense is a superpower. American heroes, Rick and Bubba. 20 minutes now past the hour. You got the Rick and Bubba show. Thank you for being with us today. Bubba, I hate to play this, but I have to. These are the days of America. Um, I have things have changed. Well, I was uh, talking in the kitchen as we set up this story from Athens, Alabama, and uh, I'm thinking back on us growing up. I do not recall in my entire life, not one time, that my parents thought that the person who was in authority, who was punishing me for not behaving appropriately, ever thought that person's punishment was unreasonable, ever. Uh, And then they would add their own punishment to that in order to get me back in line. I do not recall my parents ever, not one time ever in my entire life, thinking I had been wronged by any teacher, by any principal, by any coach, uh, when I didn't do what they asked me to do, and then I was punished for it. Uh, And uh, now, uh, undoubtedly, we're in a time that everybody appeals or disagrees with any punishment that parents deem to be too harsh. I cannot imagine my parents even uttering the phrase, this punishment is too harsh. I, I can't even imagine that ever being able to come out of their mouth audibly. Uh, and then, um, and then to the point, and you're not going to believe what I'm about to say next to the point, not only that some of us appeal, uh, one parent decided not to appeal, but to come to the school and encourage the students to riot because of her son being punished. So three sons, uh, three, three students were punished for misbehaving in the classroom. They have a system, which I think is sad in of itself, of parents who can appeal, the punishment that was handed down to their child uh, to decide whether they people, I guess there's a third party that decides whether that was, you know, more punishment than maybe the crime called for. And when I say crime, I mean, misbehaving. Yeah. yeah. I don't mean they have some appellate process or set up a meeting or something. So two of the parents did that. And that is pretty much America today. You know, nobody's kid ever did anything Mm -hmm. Uh, as my parents, my parents who left public education said the day, the, the first time a parent showed up and didn't say, you know, what did my child do at switch? She said about 88, 89, and uh, to what did y'all do to my child? Yeah. Uh, and once that 
attitude of parents changed. She said, you know, we lost control and you get your retirement uh, papers together. So anyway, so two of the parents, and they had the right to appeal it, and I don't know the situation, so they did. But a third parent did not appeal it, but showed up at the school, trespassed, and was up and down the halls calling for high school students to riot against the authority. Uh, This led to police being called, and then the students attacked the policemen. Uh, we have uh, the parent who started has been arrested. Do yeah, I right? yeah, yeah. It looked like he was trying students. to maybe apprehend the the parent because the, they were called and they weren't the students weren't letting the police officer do his job and they're all around him. You'll hear the chaos. It's just mm-hmm. it, it's well, it sounds like a riot. Uh, and and he's trying to get everything in uh, you know uh, in order and 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 apprehend the woman and they won't let him. Mm-hmm. And so three students ended up being arrested plus the mom that came to the school, and we pick it up. Now here's an officer. Now, he's having to, to get people off of him because students are attacking a policeman. I'll say that again, a policeman. I, I want to go back to something, if you don't mind. I want to stop it. Sure, okay? sure. I, I want you to, and I, and I apologize for those on radio. Well, this will be in show notes. The, the woman here that's in the corner, she quickly, we've been talking about phones, grabs her phone mm-hmm. and hits video so she can try to say the, the officer was doing something wrong. I want you to watch. I mean, yeah, this is at a high school. I want you all to know that. In Alabama, too. I don't know if there's language in the middle of all this. It's like a, some. So you see that people now he's he's trying to get people under control, right? And and now and now we've got somebody cuffed on the ground. So that seems to be causing the others to go. I'm not sure I want to be cuffed, right, and be on the ground. Still stuff coming there. Still fighting against the policeman, right? Still not doing what he's saying to do. Once again, the thing we keep saying, people get in trouble more because of their behavior, not because of unreasonable policemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually their behavior. Not I every- want you to hear in the background, too, you have people screaming, we got them, we got them, we got it on camera, acting as if the officer did something incorrect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can That's I say- the mindset. Don't forget No, that. you're right. Well, let me tell you this. When you attack an officer, he will try to get it under control. Yes. Yeah, He's not yeah. just going to let you beat him up. Right. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're in and around his waist. Uh, and and there's a mob coming out. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I mean, again, the, the go go back here. This is you got to understand something. So he's in the corner of what looks to L- be. Look how they've got him up in a corner. Okay. And and so he's got somebody up under his armpit here on his left side, and he doesn't like him getting close to his belt and getting behind him. So he tries to get him off. And the lady in the corner, I'm telling you, watch the phone. She could just walk away, but she acts like he's hitting her, and he's not. You guys, see the girl right here, uh, right? Yeah, I, I know you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But, but, ooh, ooh. but I, I tell you what, I think is important to notice: the person that he slaps away from him is around his belt where yeah, his gun yeah. is. That's yes, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, guys, have we just lost all sense of? Yes. I mean, good yes. night. Now, keep in mind, this is not somewhere in some inner city or California. This is in Alabama, you know, North Alabama, Athens High School. And and this is the scene, this is where where we have devolved to. So first of all, it all starts with what parents cannot handle 
that when their kids don't know how to act, somebody punishes them. Yeah. Okay, trust me, we've all been in some leadership mm-hmm. roles. Those days, boy, I tell you, I, it, it, it's such a breath, breath of fresh air when a parent says, I understand my kid didn't do what you asked him to do, and I appreciate you taking care of that, and we'll come alongside you and be sure that doesn't happen again. That's becoming abnormal. What you did to my kid isn't fair is normal, and and this is what it leads to. I mean, we've got a parent going to the school calling for the school to riot. Riot. Now, see, that's that mob mentality we keep talking about. <laughs> And, and and everybody and then the policeman shows up by himself thinking he's just going to ask a parent to leave you can't be up here screaming riot there's a way to go through they even have a system that is civilized like a human being that you can appeal the punishment that was handed down to your kid mm-hmm. sad we have to have that but it's fine we have that and you can do that in a civil way like a human being but then I'm going to come up there and not follow that system, just scream for the school to riot because I thought my kid was punished too harshly for misbehaving in class. Is this really where we are? Y'all do hear When I hear this in my headphones, it sounds like yeah. this, is, this was a pretty simple thing that could have been avoided. Yeah. I mean, the school is actually allowing you to appeal if you want to, which – we well, we never got to no. appeal. No, we got no, to no. paddle. That yeah, was that was the that was judge and jury. I felt yeah. like the skin <laughs> on my rear end had been peeled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My plea to the uh, to the office was just don't call my parents, please. Please. I'll and t- you know I'll what? Take double what you're doing. And you know what? Won't call. And they rarely did. But you know <laughs> why? Because they handled it in a swift, severe way at school, yeah. and you went back to class and. You sat there and kept your mouth shut. Yeah. yeah. You got your little spirit broke, and mm-hmm. you, you you learned to deal with it. I remember thinking that the paddle had, had like, magically shut my mouth. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. And it was so strange how pain on one end can cause the other end to act different. My <laughs> mouth is so far from where they hit me, but it shut it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what we just, what, wow. What's happened to us, wow. guys? Wow. But, and now what we'll hear is a bunch of people filing complaints against a policeman. And, yeah. and you know what? We should be thankful that he had enough clear-headed ability not to really, really hurt somebody or, or get his gun out and shoot somebody. Yeah. I mean, you don't back. Well, I tell you, why he was backed in that corner with that mob, he was – that's a bad situation right there. I don't care who you are. Can you imagine if all of a sudden the daddies and mamas that raised us looked on a video like that and saw us pushing a policeman? Oh, Can you imagine – We'll be right back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba's in Ohio! Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Pass the gravy, please. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Ooh, it brings me to my knees. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. I can't start another. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Rick and Bubba show. 866-WE-BE-BIG is our number. Thanks for being with us. Uh, MyPillow.com. Mike Lindell's done it again. Mike Lindell has done it again. Uh, the folks with MyPillow.com, we've got those outstanding pillows. We've got the great mattress topper. And now Giza Dream Sheets, the most comfortable you've ever experienced, all with the great quality that comes with the great company and Mike Lindell and the folks at MyPillow. So now you've got the right pillow, you've got a mattress topper, and now you've got these incredible cotton sheets. They searched the world to find the best cotton to meet the high standards, and they did. Found a region over near the Sahara Desert and the Nile River where all that comes together at the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, an ideal weather setup for that the, the long staple cotton. 
And these sheets are the most comfortable sheets you've ever had, and you will love them too. And they come with a 10-year warranty, of course, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. If you'd like to find out more about these sheets, the mattress topper, the pillows, obviously you go to MyPillow.com. Right now you can get the mattress topper or these new sheets at 30% off if you use the code Bubba. MyPillow.com, the promo code's Bubba, or the links at RickandBubba.com under the sponsors button. You know, we have uh, two people in the golden ticket seats today that they've they've kind of become almost legendary here uh, as far as fans of the Rick and Bubba show. And uh, and, and like I say, if you, I want you to get the you want to get the wireless mic, or you oh, want to bring them okay. up? Okay, you bring them up here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Bring, bring them up. So they they're they're back, and they've been they come all the way from Michigan. Erica and Amy. And uh, and Erica and That's Amy, a long trip, guys. they they yeah. had, uh, they had mom a, doesn't want to come up here. Uh-huh. And, oh come on, mom! And, come and on, they mom. come all the way from Michigan. Now now what's what's last the, time they were here, Rick? You may remember they had the bad. Uh, what's it called? Airbnb, Airbnb experience. Right? Right? Every time they travel, we, we had to find them a place to stay because it looked like they were going to be homeless. Yeah, every time they travel to Alabama, something happens. And of course, that that sounds like the title of upcoming movie, but or a book. But every time I go to Alabama, something happens. Um, so the, in, in Erica, we we had been texting, and she told me she was coming back, and you know it was going to be a nice, great trip in April, mm-hmm. and. Um, I thought, well, this surely this trip will be better than the last one because they had this Airbnb mess, and we covered it on the air. It was a real, real crazy thing. But, Amy, I understand you and Erica's trip this time was not any easier. Yes. Yeah, so, so what? What? First of all, this was a gift from your uh, from the dad and from the husband that sent both of you back to Michigan. Are y'all starting to read into that? That when dad <laughs> needs some space, he sends y'all back to Alabama. <laughs> Huh? I got another trip for y'all. <laughs> hey, guess what I got you? Going to see Rick and Bubba Merry again. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so how do y'all get the show now in, in the, your, that part of Michigan? Um, We still stream it online usually. You, you stream it, so you, you listen to the TuneIn app? Yes. Sir. Okay. All right, so tell us what happened. Well, oh, well, um, at the Grand Rapids, Michigan Airport, I I had my fishing knife in my purse. You had I what? Just, your fishing knife in your purse. I did, and I completely forgot about it. I just always <laughs> carry it around. Um, you always carry your fishing just in knife. Case, just yeah, in case I fishing mean, breaks out. <laughs> just in case you have to fillet a fish real quick. Well, just a like three- or four-inch knife. It's not huge. <laughs> You're right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I carry it around. Um, sometimes I open my beef jerky with it. or it okay. comes in pretty Gr- handy. Beef jerky can be difficult to open. Well, just, I don't know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, Anyway, and I forgot it was in my purse, and then mm-hmm. I went through security and, well, didn't make it through security. <laughs> no, I bet you didn't. They usually will pull out a knife if you have it in your purse. So what mm-hmm. What did they say to you? Um, they just said that my bag needs to be stopped. And what did he say? He that said, something this is no small knife, honey. Oh, yeah, I said it was just a pocket knife, and he was like, this is no pocket knife, honey. And he <laughs> oh, really? So I had to run back through he was very nice and let me run back through security, run, because we might miss our plane, mm-hmm. and bring it to the police station. My husband yeah. had to come pick it up. Oh, boy. Um, and I thought, you know, that would be the worst of our flight until we get to Chicago. Wait a minute. There's more? Oh, This goodness. is not the story? Oh, no. This was a that breeze. Was my only weapon. This was a breeze. <laughs> you, do realize that one, you do realize at one time y'all were discussing the knife and you're having the same conversation that was had in Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> About what is a knife and what is not a knife. All right, that's a knife. So, so now what happens in Chicago? So, Chicago, the flight to Huntsville was delayed a bit, and um, Erica had gone for a short, you know, stretch my legs, two minute walk before. Go buy a new knife. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So, so she said, I'm just going to stretch my legs a second. And right after she left, they said, okay, we're going to be boarding the flight. And I figured she'd be right back. And she didn't get back and didn't get back. And I don't really like to make a scene, but I was beginning to panic as the line got shorter. Um, anyway, three times they called her name on the announcements. Apparently three times she didn't hear it or just ignored it. I was lost in the world of a book. Um, the Ten in a Wildfell Hall. It's a book I've always wanted to read. My sister read it. And I was getting sucked into the introduction and just completely tuned out, I guess. So, so you're reading, you're so reading a, a book in a bookstore, <laughs> and you don't hear them calling you to board the plane? Yes. Sir. Oh, wow. So a, a giant PA that they blast all over the <laughs> Chicago, which is one, if not the busiest airports in the world, didn't get your attention. I mean, my husband told me I was unobservant, but I guess I've reached a new level. <laughs> By the way, you know what? You've got an I told you so coming up. <laughs> Boy, when you get back. Yeah. Um, and so then, you know, as I'm like running frantically looking crazy, um, because I'm thinking at that point, maybe she was kidnapped, right? you know, oh, sure. crazy thoughts. And she didn't have her knife to fight no, off the, she right, did not. Right, right. <laughs> she did not. So, um, then at one point I finally see her down the, the hall and I just start yelling, which normally I would never do in public, um, you know, for her to hurry up. And so she's running, we get to the, in finally to the plane and it was someone had already sat in our seats because it was a we were supposed to be no shows and as we walk down this you know hall of shame as oh, yeah. and everybody hates you because oh, everyone the hates they hadn't it. shut the door yet understandably and i as a parent would have understood if they had attacked her at that point because <laughs> right, right. we've all had that feeling sure. over those people y'all became those people yeah yeah, yeah. everyone was glaring at me and i don't know i thought i was gonna have to give them the free pretzels to calm them down or something really, did you have a pretzel stick with you no, just the free airplane ones. Oh, the free airplane. Okay. Yeah. That. Well, I didn't. They've reduced those down to now pretzel crumbs. Yeah. yeah. No, they really yeah, did. They really have. Here's some pretzel crumbs. Thanks. Uh huh. Well, now, now that I think about it, that ticket I just bought's a deal. I didn't know where we get pretzel crumbs with it. So, uh-huh. was the plane delayed? It due to was. This? Yes. What? Yeah. The stewardess on the flight had a very um angry. Being over the intercom, kind of a she said, What did she say? Something about sorry for the late takeoff or something. <laughs> did, what, did, did, did they point everybody to you and yeah. say, Oh, everyone knew, everyone was staring. Sorry, we're late to take off. I think we all know why. <laughs> <laughs> was it one of those? It was. Oh, gosh, that was horrible. <laughs> I feel bad. I apologize to everyone who was on that flight. I, did too. I, I felt bad. If you flew, <laughs> if you flew from Chicago. To Huntsville, and it was delayed. I'm afraid it's two Rick and Bubba listeners that caused it. Tell me you didn't have your Rick and Bubba shirts on. I hope not. No, we, we learned from our last trip that when people ask why we're going to Birmingham, we just say we're going to see friends. Right. There because you go. it caused too many issues. I know. Let's not, get, let's not revisit that. Not everyone's a fan. No. Uh, apparently not. I didn't know that at first. You thought everybody loved Rick and Bubba, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? We feel like it's an overwhelming majority, but they are pockets of resistance. Mm-hmm. Right. Sadly, you chose to stay in their house. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, but I'll that, never but, listen to Adler, ever. But, no, no. <laughs> so many people need to say that. I'll never listen to Adler. Well, you couldn't end up in a chokehold at some Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournament. Oh. Yeah, right. as I told you, you need to look at Adler and think, is that the life I lead? Do I want that kind of advice? Right. You know, especially right. when he's got his hair in a man bun. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I normally don't take advice from anyone in a man bun, frankly. Yeah, yeah. But, I, uh, I second that. Right. <laughs> right. Or a gi. Right. <laughs> See, I got advice coming. It's man bun or military haircut. I'm going over to the military guy. <laughs> So, well, I'm glad you're here. Anything else happen, or did, did y'all get th- from Huntsville to here with, with very little issue? You know, I 
I'd say that's about it. We just I, had to stop off at some country church to oh, find a bathroom for her. Yeah. But, Wait, but y'all went to the bathroom church? at some country church? <laughs> a lot of gas stations out she there. She really had to go. and <laughs> Well, we were on almost a two-track. <laughs> and We took two tracks from Huntsville to Birmingham pretty much. Oh, and when y'all say two tracks, do you mean well, one, two lane mean? roads, two lane roads, country roads? Is that what you well, mean? Well, one was I what we would have called a two track out back because it. What is it, that two? Track? Yeah, what does that mean? Like it looks We're, like a one lane dirt I got you. path. Oh, you know, wow. you, you know, sixty five. Yeah, guys, we I'm, have. I'm not sure. Having, I wanted to take the back roads. Thought boy, it'd be more what, exciting. But, but you know, point A to point B, we have a really nice interstate. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. wide open. You can yeah. really get up to speed there. Wide. There's, there's no, there's no six, ho- there's, seven lanes in few places. Yeah, you don't ever get behind a mule pulling <laughs> your cart. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, now, it, I, I've never heard that term. See, we just learned a new term: a two track. A two track. Okay, I got a you. Two track. I like it. Greg, have you ever heard that? Never have. I, I thought I'd heard it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring that in. Two track. <laughs> I Look, I know we're behind in Alabama. We've had interstates for years. <laughs> years. Right, Helmsy and I are over here in the corner, and yeah, we thought we down a dirt road. We thought we heard her say she stopped at a church to use the a bathroom. country church. Yes. Yes, there was a little Baptist church. <laughs> what did they say? And oh, you just yeah. Uh, there were just two men in a pickup truck, and I just said, "Um, is the church open?" I was wondering if I could use the restroom. I mean, it was. I was worried I was going to have to use the woods. It was getting well. If you're yeah. going if you down go a track, if you go down a two track, that may be where you end up. Do you do you know do you know what town you were in or community? Please, please try to remember. Coleman area. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. we're familiar with that. Sure. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. How about that? There's a lot of two tracks there. Yeah, yeah. bunch of them. They were nice fellers. Oh, they're yeah. very nice. We, very we nice. felt Good at home. There were lots of the trailers. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think I know where it, you were. It's pretty. It really is. It right. was pretty. I would, the good news, if you had to go to the woods, there is a lot of woods there. It's very woods. Well, area. I will say this too, and, and I'll quote the great Mickey Dean. But based on where you were. If you had gone to the bathroom in the woods, don't be surprised if somebody's not already there. <laughs> yeah, use it. Yeah. <laughs> you can literally have to stand in the line to be in the woods there. <laughs> you know it. Uh, all right. Well, we're glad you made it. God love you. And always an adventure. I hope you get your knife back. Did your daddy get it? Um, Yes, he did. I was really glad because it was one of my first gifts Good, for me. Cause I, now I'm afraid you're going to end up with a fish that you need to gut. And yeah. You don't have it. Yeah. Well, it could happen. Yeah. That could have happened. I kind of want to see Erica clean a fish, don't you? <laughs> I do. That's why she takes a two-track. I want to stop and fish. We'll be back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Make our way back eight minutes to the top of the hour, the Dirt Road Anthem for our guests from Grand Rapids today. Uh, Bubba, we look at this next story, and we have to ask the uncomfortable question, has no one seen Planet of the Apes? No one? Uh, uh, Scientists put human gene into monkeys to make them smarter and more human-like. I mean, guys, has anybody seen the Planet of the Apes series? Mm-hmm. We don't do this. No. Now, Bubba, no. you're talking about you don't think you can. It says a, a, the, for the first time a team of Chinese scientists 
made use it. of a gene editing technique to make monkey brains more human like. We don't. They got this. And now the this, advantage of that is why? Well, I'll tell you what the, what's going to end up: Planet of the Apes. We riding well, horses, toting shotguns. Let's yep. go back to the sci-fi thriller. The the latest Planet of the Apes. They were looking for a cure for Alzheimer's. Wasn't it yeah. something to do with that? Something. Yeah. And right. they were experimenting on uh, chimpanzees and all that came out Caesar. of that. And in the original series, it was a uh, virus brought back from space by astronauts that killed all the cats and dogs. Yeah. Wasn't that what the uh, deal was? Yeah. I'm just trying to set the stage here, mm-hmm. Bubba. I want you to underline this, 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 this line right here. <laughs> this Chinese team of scientists, according to this story that was on Drudge today, or did you say Daily Mail? I can't remember which one you said. The Drudge, Drudge, and it's it's another link to a different uh, organization that did the research here. But that's where you find it. Business Recorder is what it's saying. Maybe it was <clears> the original <throat> source. It says that they have created. Catch this number, 11 transgenetic rhesus monkeys carrying human copies of whatever that is, of the genetic, of, of the human gene. But, but, Rick, here's the danger. You get these guys out, and then, you know, they, they might get into some genetically altered corn, and then you get into genetically altered this and that, and you have everything running together. You don't know down the line what that's going to be. I mean, oh, you got to no. be very, I'll very careful. Be, I'll tell you it's going to be us in cages. Yeah, and we're going we're going to have uh, horse riding uh, monkeys and gorillas, <clears throat> and we're going to be in cages. We're going to be screaming, "You cut out his brain!" Right. For some reason, wearing loincloths. I don't mm-hmm. know why they took our clothes away. Uh-huh. And we're going to be we're going to be. <laughs> there in, was no clothing stores, Rick. That's right. They're going to catch us near the forbidden net. city. Okay, yeah. yeah. Next thing you know, you ask a question. He goes, "No." Oh, remember Speedy does a yeah. great impression of <laughs> Caesar when he's grown. Like, excuse me, right. you know, if your animal can like respond, uh, yeah, I don't like. That. But I know these. I know the Chinese. You got to watch them. But again, I go, I go, I go <laughs> back to the. the uh, well, they, somebody go get me Reese's monkey. I got idea. I, I mean, I you got to. The problem is, you know, they can set something loose over there, it get out, and then well, you know, we have to deal with it worldwide. Bubba, here's a here's a quote from one of the scientists. There are a few scientists out there that have raised concerns regarding this technique, some calling it reckless. Uh, geneticist James something told MIT Technology Review, he said the use of transgenetic monkeys to study human genes linked to brain evaluation is a very risky road to take. It is a classic slippery slope issue. Oh, the slippery one slope. that we can expect to recur as this type of research is pursued. He's saying, anytime you try and things, sometimes they go bad. Oh yeah, Rick, it always well, has they don't, a side effect. They just don't know. know they don't know down the line what's going to happen with this. That's the problem. My, should I bring up Frank, Frank Peretti here? Remember that last book you did that we were that we were reading about, and he said one of the things that seems to go through science is mutation never leads to better. No, it doesn't. It usually leads no. to worse. That's right. Which, by the way, is a in your face to the evolutionists out there. Mm. Mutation we haven't seen go positive yet. Mutation usually goes bad. Yeah, we call them cancer cells, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you something. They've already seen better reaction times, improved short-term memory. Yeah, oh, yeah it won't oh, be wow. long. It won't be long till they'll be driving. Let me right. let me tell you. They'll be archiving the show. They will. Let's I'm go. Smart. Before you know it, Statue of Liberty tore down halfway, <laughs> sticking up out of a beach. So. There it is. <laughs> Good gosh. There it is. Have we not, hey, have we not seen the end of this movie, guys? Come on. No, no. Yeah. 
I've seen it. Look at him. Look at him oh, working yeah. on a computer. Some, I get, you guys, we got Alexa. Somebody's got to break in and and do away uh-huh. with these rhesus monkeys. Because you're right now, you think, well, rhesus monkey, what can they do? They have, you know, they have incredible. You're there, the original. When you talk about a human being that's kind of lean but he's strong, you say, man, he's wiry. And tell you, monkeys, monkeys are wiry. Ooh. Yeah, and they got they got incredible strength. You know, the chimpanzee could just take your arm and oh, rip it off at the socket. Mean. Yeah. But but was well, that I mean, a Reese's monkey that rode that dog out here that day? Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's one of them little videos. He videos. screams loud. Oh, he's grinning though. He's, he, boy, he could get. Now, Greg, you know what? That I might, was more impressed with the dog. To be honest, Greg, that might have been a yeah. spider monkey. That was it may on the have dog. been. I don't know. Monkey riding dog. Now the that one picking the, the one that we had picking the winner of the SEC game that was a Reese's, right? I think you're confusing spider and Reese's. I don't know. Reese's is the one that are dangerous because we've allowed them to help people. You know, they're the ones. Yeah. They're the ones you see like in an apartment with somebody who's hand, got got a challenge, and he's running around over at the microwave fixing breakfast. You got to watch these guys. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. I mean, I mean, and, oh and goodness, you start bro. messing with their genetic brains and making them more human like, and then you know what happens? Then then somebody said, "Man, when we bred one with another one, and, and the Reese's monkey that was that they produced was bigger than any we'd ever seen." And before you know it, here we go. Hmm. I'll tell you, this is remember this day. Everybody write it down. Yeah, I just, I'm, look, I love science. I love moving the, the needle forward, but this, I, I think we're playing with fire here. We really don't know what we're dealing with down the road. When the headline comes out, everybody remember it. Monkeys take over Chinese laboratory. Okay, <laughs> everybody wait for it. Somebody goes, gosh, I heard that on Rick and Bubba. They predicted this. They said that, they said that was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, military lines up. There's, 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 there's monkeys because if they say they've got eleven, they've got double that. Oh yeah, okay. they've got forty four of them. Right, and and then before you know it, they they take over because they always kill the scientists first that are working with them, mm-hmm. right. and they tear the whole laboratory up. They take that over, and and somehow I don't know how they always find access to a place of weapons. They always find a gun case. Have you ever noticed that? I don't know how they do it, but they always do. The good news, these monkeys are so small, Rick. <clears throat> in that scenario, they'd only be able to drag a rifle. They couldn't point it at anybody. You're right. You're right. But you know what they could do? They could take their little poseable thumb and throw a hand grenade. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, they might hey. have to roll it, but they could do right. it. Right. I mean, oh, just, hey. little, just that little move right there. Or backpack it up into a tree and just drop it. Or, you know what? What if they get kamikaze monkeys? They're too smart for that, Rick. You're right. Top of the hour, we'll take your phone calls coming up at 866-WE-BE-BIG later in the program. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Two conservative, heterosexual, gun-toting, football-loving, evangelical Christian white men. In other words, the two most dangerous men in America. Rick. Six minutes past the hour from the broadcast plaza and teleport another hour of the Rick and Bubba Show. You can reach us, uh, 866-WE-BE-BIG-SPEEDY, the real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, Eddie Van Adler, all part of Team Rick and Bubba, Drops of Jupiter, Rick and Bubba intern uh, in Rick and Bubba University, earning her degree along with Jalen Fruithurst, who's working on the TV side of things. These students earning a degree from Rick and Bubba University in Common Sense, which has now become a superpower. Welcome back for a brand new hour. There's Bill Bubba Buzzy. Rick, glad to be here and thank all of you for being part of the Rick and Bubba family. You know, for a long time, we, we, they, were, they, were, they were opportunities. We were trying to find the right time, and, and the time has been now, thankfully, uh, for the Rick and Bubba show and the audience that God has blessed us with to lock arms with Compassion International uh, to try to make a difference uh, in the lives of children 
all over the world, and it's bigger than that, not just the child, but usually the child's family and even the community benefit greatly through these sponsorships. And Bob Stromberg with Compassion International is joining us today about the new alliance. How about Bob. it, Bob? Bobby! Hey, how you doing, gentlemen? Well, <laughs> we're fired up. And, Bob, if you're not, we can just do it ourselves, I guess. But, I mean, our, our... Oh, i gotta tell you, I, I got to tell you guys, I, I wish so much that Rick and Bubba University had been around when I was in college. I, I could have excelled them. I know, I know. You know, yeah. really. If you did, ha- you take a little detour on your way to common sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gosh. Yeah, I, you guys are great. Thanks. Well, Bob, no, uh, our part's easy. What you guys have been doing um, for how many years now that Compassion International has has been involved in changing the lives of these children? Uh, since 1950. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Started by a guy named Everett Swanson. He was a Korean War guy uh, in Korea, and uh, he he saw these needy kids and and uh, just started going around and helping them. And they would go from church to church and say, you know, can you help support this work? But so many kids were coming on. He realized I I need something more than this. And uh, and God really gave him this idea of sponsoring kids one on one. And and really that idea came from uh, uh, Luke's. Uh, telling you the uh, Jesus talking about the Good Samaritan uh, and and uh, how they, the uh, the guy got beat up in the road and and all the the government walked by him society walked by him all these people walked by him but one the Samaritan looked down and said no I, I, there's something I can do here and he picked him up put him on his donkey took him to a hotel said to the guy you have the resources I I got to go but you can take care of him uh, I'll pay you for your work and I'll be back in a month to pay you again. And, uh, and and if if people did that, he realized he could help many many people. And uh, that that's basically what what uh, compassion has done. These children are the, are the, the the guy laying in the road, and the sponsors are, are the good Samaritan to help them out. Well, tell us a little bit because you know we always assume that everybody understands what you do, but but that may not be. Somebody may be watching or listening for the first time, and so tell us how this works. I mean, obviously. It's about a dollar a day, and, and let's say I sponsor a child today, which, which we've done, but let's act like that I'm a, a person who's just kind of investigating this. I sponsor a child. What, what, what am I providing? What actually happens, and, and, and where do these children come from? How do you find them? The, just kind of lay out the process for somebody who may be hearing it for the first time. Well, let me back up just a little bit. First of all, let me tell you that I, I don't. I'm, I I I represent compassion. I'm I'm actually a, a, a comic and performer myself. That's all I've done all my life. But I, as I go around the country talking to people, I have the opportunity, as I'm talking to you today, to to share about compassion. So that's that's what I do. But let me tell you what happens when I came in. Let me back up just a little bit. When I came into compassion, working with them, uh, late '80s, early '90s. Uh, at that time, I remember hearing uh, hearing the a statistic that 38,000 children in the world, in the third world, living in extreme poverty, die every single day. Not not week, not month, not year. Every single day, these kids were dying um, from preventable causes. And preventable meaning uh, lack of basic medicines, uh, lack of proper sanitation, lack of clean water, adequate shelter, not enough food. Um, here, here in America, your kid gets diarrhea, and we give them a pill. They, they maybe take a day out of school, and they're back the next day. They're fine, or a couple days at the most. When a child in the third world gets diarrhea, very often, I mean, it's unbelievable, but they die. Uh, and um, that's how serious it, it is. 
And I heard that number 38,000. That really, really moved me. And I became, my wife and I became involved with, with compassion. Um, so for that $38 a month, a little over a dollar a day, this kid, the child, receives uh, adequate nutrition. They receive one good meal a day. They receive the clothing that they need. They receive uh, health care when there are problems. Um, they receive uh, education uh, and vocational skills. So that's what they get. Uh, and that $38, which is so little money, I mean, for most of your listeners, most even kids can come up with that kind of money if they, if they, are, uh, if they think about it. Uh, that lifts one child out of poverty. And when you lift that one child out of poverty, meaning, meaning that that child now has the food they need to grow in a healthy way, they have, they have what they need. When you lift that one child out of poverty in that family, you actually lift the whole family a little bit higher, a little bit higher, a little bit higher. So this is basically what they do. Uh, Compassion uh, discovered they're really the world's leading authority in holistic child development through sponsorship. There are lots of uh, wonderful organizations uh, that do this, but Compassion is uh, the first, and and really I I think they're the the best because of this one-on-one relationship with the kid. And here's the exciting thing, guys. Um, in 1989, 38,000 children died every day from extreme poverty. In 2019, that, that is down to uh, 19,000. So that's been cut in half in the last three decades, that number. Cut in half. And uh, compassion. And that's not all been all compassion, of course. There's other organizations, wonderful organizations, have, have helped uh, immensely with this. But... The, but Compassion projects that by 2035, that number could be down to nearly zero. Um, it, it's amazing to think that extreme poverty could be pushed right off this planet by 2035, which, yeah. which most people think, well, that's not even possible. Yeah. But it is possible, and you can see the numbers, how they've gone. When they started, uh, even before this, there was a number of 47,000 kids every day in 1977. Uh, 38,089, 19,000 now in 2019. It's going down dramatically. And there's no reason why it shouldn't be uh, cut down completely. So well, pretty and, exciting. Yeah, and, and what we love about this too, and that part is, is, is number one, because before you can get to someone's spiritual health, you need to try to meet their physical needs because if not, all they're hearing while you're trying to talk to them about Jesus is I wish I had a sandwich, yeah. and and so oh, absolutely. so you make you, tough sale. you you meet these these physical needs, but through compassion, uh, which is a game changer, they also make sure that they are working through a local church that has been vetted out to also meet the spiritual needs of the child and the family. Because we're certainly not in the business of you know just trying to make somebody more comfortable as they go to hell, uh, and uh, oh, absolutely, and, yeah. and so that that part is is a huge component. Uh, but but you 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 make a, a great great point. I think a lot of times we hear numbers like you threw out, and we're just overwhelmed by them. And we're so overwhelmed we just do nothing. And of course we've all heard. And I mentioned earlier when we were doing the commercial for Compassion International, you know the famous story of the little boy with all the starfish that had washed up and were dying in the sun, and he's throwing yeah. them back in. And the old man with the metal detector says, "You're never going to make a difference." And he said, "Well, I did for that one." And he threw it back in yeah. the water. And so if, if we all take that mentality, and you just showed it with the numbers you just shared, if we take the mentality that I'll help one or I'll help two, whatever we can afford, or I'll help three, enough people have that attitude. Suddenly you see numbers like you talked about, 49,000 goes down to 38, goes down to 19, because people said we'll do it one child at a time. 
Yeah. And, you know, people are, and I know you agree with this, people are starving for a cause out there. Uh, people want to do something significant with their lives. They want their lives to, to make a difference in the world. And it's been said that uh, all that's necessary for the triumph of evil is for good people to do nothing. And good people do nothing for two reasons. Number one, they don't know what to do. And number two, they don't know who to trust. Uh, and compassion really is the answer to both of those questions. Well, Bob, thanks for taking time to be with us. Appreciate you being an ambassador for Compassion International and uh, obviously the great work that they continue to do. And thanks for uh, being on today and sharing it with our audience. And we'll continue to do that as well. And I look forward to partnering as we continue to go forward, okay? Thank you, Bob. Hey, thank, thanks so much. You guys are going to change the world. Really, you are. Thank you, Bob. Thanks so much. Bob Stromberg. Uh, Another ambassador, just like we are for Compassion International, talking about an opportunity for all of you. We'd love to see 250 kids be sponsored directly to our show, so we put our own URL up there, Compassion.com slash Bubba. Throughout our years together, you always respond and always exceed the goals. So let's get that started now, Compassion.com slash Bubba. We'll be right back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Bubba.com Shadows fall for the gallows. A dead man walking to love came calling. Rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up. Six feet under. 22 minutes now past the hour. You got the Rick and Bubba show. We're back at 866. We be big. Hey, don't forget to go to rickandbubba.com under the contest button. Uh, go there, a chance for you to go and be a VIP at Talladega Super Speedway. Also, enter your mother in the Mother's Day annual event. It's become on the show so many years with Dr. Dudney, Fix Mama's Mouth, $15,000 dental makeover for somebody's mama. If you want your mama to be considered, uh, then you have to go there and follow to the letter all the instructions. Helmsy's already received some. Are they following your instructions? Are you pleased? Uh, I've got a few that did not, but most for the most part, yes. Are you pleased? Behaving. Are, they, are they doing it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I get a joy in kind of turning my computer and, Showing Speedy the grills that are coming in. I bet they, well, they need that, to be fixed. It is called Fix Mama's Mouth. It's not saying send us a perfect Mama Mouth. Uh-uh. Right. So right. It, the, the, you know we're getting pictures of mouths that need to be fixed. Yes. Yes. So uh, continue to send those in. The cutoff is, what, 29th of April, I think? Correct, like yes. Yeah. You know, we're one of the few broadcast outlets that have tackled this problem, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm I'm blown away by the results. And, you know, we have a little fun with it, but, I mean, it's, it's really changing people's lives. Well, you know? if you want to make a difference, you sometimes you have to do uncomfortable things. Right. And uh, so, uh, like, uh, like, anyway. But, anyway, so, <laughs> gosh, I set you up perfectly just then, too. I appreciate you not rocking it and slamming it. But uh, uh, even though I probably would have laughed, I'm sure there had been blowback. Uh, let's, uh, let's You're, move to the, the to, last week we do this show. Oh, it's yeah. going to be precious. It will be a good one. <laughs> we call that one. Whenever that happens, no. God only knows. No, let me tell you, if uh, we no, ever get down, let, and that's why nobody that's wants to That's not a know. sign of retirement yes, coming up because I've got to work 20 more years according to my banker, but. Right. But, but, uh, but, but let's, uh, let's go back to this. Honestly, if you were listening and, 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 listen, and, and I don't know, I, I, I plan on doing this till I physically or mentally can't do it anymore, but sadly that looks like that's going to be sooner than I, I thought. I was to say, some people are going, well, they're getting close. <laughs> they're getting there, buddy. Getting close. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Just, just like I can't even remember what Bubba said we were going to talk about this segment. <laughs> but anyway. 1,600. That's right. But anyway, so I'll get inside, and, and we're going to do it. By golly, we're going to do it. <laughs> this story mm-hmm. is going to happen. No, but what I was going to tell you this, when if we ever know it's our last week, and mm-hmm. we may not, but if we ever know it, 
just when I promo when we come back, Rick and Bubba air their grievances. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about all the things we have to do in this industry and all the things that we're just gonna we're gonna vomit it out and be done with it and cleanse ourselves. And when the, I'm gonna say things I don't want to say for years. And when the broadcast stations take us off, it'll still be on the podcast. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Podcast yeah. then our podcast uh, by then will be huge because we'll, that's the only place we'll ever talk. Anyway. I, I will say the last week you need to roll tape, baby. You do. Mm-hmm. You remember when we had the sports show, us three? Yeah. And the station changed formats, and Speedy was actually on vacation. I had so, to make that phone call and tell him. And Helms and I, we did the last show, and, and what we would do, we would record an hour from like 4 to 5 a.m., but people didn't know it. They thought it was live from 11 to 12 or 10 to 11, whatever. Yes. Yeah. Every day because we were doing post stuff here. Nobody knew it was Makes pre-recorded. sense to me. So that last day, we pretty much the whole time said, look, it's 4 in the morning right now. This is not live. And we, <laughs> we had a big, we had fun. Listen, what's funny about that, and this is awful local, but Scott Griffith, who was doing a show at the same time after ours, he texts me during that. I mean, during the broadcast that we were we were eating lunch, and it was replaying. And he goes, "Serious business? I had no idea that y'all did this. Yeah, yeah. He pre-recorded. He thought it was live too. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of things that you hear and see that aren't what you think they are. Right. Um, so, Bubba, we, now because of all the college, oh, no. you know, varsity blues scandal. <laughs> oh, what a mess! You, you can't even celebrate what, what somebody might have done that was actually legit. Yeah, because everybody's going to question. Yeah, yeah. Rick, we got a Florida teenager who was shocked uh, and surprised, but yet excited when he checked his SAT returns, and he got a sixteen hundred, which wow. is perfect. Guys, he he threw the old perfect game. Wow. All right, so we're we're ACT people. We're not SAT people. Correct. What would that mean? What's that the per- would be 36. 36. Is it yeah. 36? 36. Is it 36. Yeah. Okay. So they're saying his score was perfect, but what's the first thing you thought? Immediately, and I know a lot of other people, same way, you think, well, did they pay somebody to right. get get his test corrected? Is he related to Lori Laughlin? What, uh, what is the oh, deal? Does he know Felicity Skeptical. Huffman? Yep. Mm-hmm. 1,600. Look at no, There he is checking it on I notice he's a middle finger writer. You know those people? Oh, they don't yeah. write with their index finger. Yeah, they write with their I middle finger. That. Yes, I think I may do. Are that. you a middle finger yeah. writer? I'm Greg, I'm don't touch start my pen again. I, I, how about this? It. There are monkeys that can write better than me, even without the genetic oh, mutation. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, mine's. Yeah. I mean, no, you're you're an index. Right. Am, I, am I normal? Yeah, yeah. No, you're normal. Yeah. How about you, I can brother? hardly write anymore. I, I tried to write a check the other day, and it looked like Greg wrote it. I mean, it was awful. Yeah, I thought the claw did it. You ever seen left-handed people write? You talk about something weird. When they do this, right? Oh yeah, when they get all up. My daughter's there, like that, like that. Yeah, it looks odd. Uh-huh. Yeah. We used to joke that Greg was the claw because he wrote so bad yeah, and that he was Greg writing Greg. like a, a lobster claw was holding the pen. Yeah. Yeah. List of things I do well, <laughs> writing's not on it. I, <laughs> when I broke, terrible. When I broke my hand uh, uh, when I was little, I, I started putting the pen. I had to because of the cast in between my index and my middle finger. And I had to write because couldn't, I couldn't put it the other way between the thumb and the index. Was that when and I were, did that for about a year. Is that when you had to go in the closet and go through speech therapy, too? That was just after that. Lamp. Yeah. Lamp. <laughs> Massachusetts. All right, so do you believe this guy made a perfect score? You believe his mom and daddy bought it? I, I, think, think, it, I think somebody bought it. Or I'm going <laughs> this way. There was a mess up in the scoring process. Yeah, there he is, middle finger. I don't think you can buy perfect scores. Sure you can. Well, well, you can buy anything. How? You can buy anything. It's all computer. Yeah, if you're going to cheat, you don't want to yeah, get a perfect you don't wanna, Yeah, you wouldn't want to cheat and do that because it's going to call attention to you. Yeah, so. no, that's, that's so good. <laughs> But that would be what you would do then. Would to say, say you I will, I will say this. If you know every answer on the test, don't make a perfect. You got to miss a couple. Yeah. yeah. Of course, I needed 96, so I couldn't miss many. <laughs> mm. Look, I'm not proud of it. Wow. And it's been nailed to the cross. But, I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm just saying it's much more difficult 
if you have to score that high. People yeah. will question it. Yeah. Yeah. Rick, I made perfect on the commercial driver's license test, too, by the way. Did you? Oh, yeah. Of course, I had to copy the test. But <laughs> that did happen. So, Greg, you don't have to say that. Well, that's been you could just that, say you it. You don't even need to see it leave anymore. It, yeah, just leave it, it open-ended. I'm sure I still have it. Right? <laughs> is that, is that why people said, tell you what, he made perfect. I don't know what all this grinding to the gears is about. You talk about, talk about memorizing something. No, I can memorize. I can't learn anything. But I can <laughs> just regurgitate it. Yeah. If you can't find them, grind them. <laughs> We're going to make them water. You can slosh them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard them all. You've heard them all from some of the greatest ever. What about a take a two track? How about the old two track trip? Got me rolling down a two track. Yeah, but that's immediately. Got my in my backpack. You, you got to admit when you when you heard that story based on the Varsity Blues. No, I story, think it's I think it's fake. You, you think, oh well, there's uh, another one. Let me Jeez. tell you what I did not think. Wow, man, that guy must have really be. He must be something. Yeah. I didn't think that for a minute. All I thought was, man, his parents are smart. Yeah, oh boy, his dad and they got make money. a lot of money. Yeah, you think Felicity Huffman can get you a perfect score? <laughs> she, she did. She bought an SA, She bought an ACT and SAT score. Bought it. Straight up, done it deliberate. Done it, done it deliberate. And we, all, and we all know our kid knew about it. Aunt yes. Becky's facing forty years. I don't know. I noticed when Felicity Huffman said she did buy something, but her kid didn't know about it. Cam Newton came out and said, "No, that does happen." <laughs> it does. It does. Amen to that. Amen to that. And Rick, in a related story, Danny Sheraton's been called in to help put the pieces together. Your phone calls are next. We phone troll right after this. Rick and Bubba. Thirty-five minutes now past the hour. Rick and Bubba. There's the phone troll music. That means we've opened up all the lines. And today, Drops of Jupiter is standing by and ready to screen that phone. Long distance, directly assistance. Ready? Look at her. She's focused. Somebody get her some coffee. This is Mr. All lines are available. You have time to get in at 866-WE-BE-BIG. We'll roll through those quickly. Thirty seconds a pop. While you're lining up, and if you dial now, you'll get there. Be quick. Um. I want to point you though to LifeLock. Bye, I know it's, it's this is one of those things you were like, I wish I wish the world wasn't the way it is. But then I can think that, and I can be upset about that. Or I actually can prepare for what's out there. Rick, you better prepare. Trust me. I know you just had it happen. Now it's tax season. People are gonna be acting like they're you and filing tax returns, and it's gonna be a mess. Uh, and so you need. I mean, identity thieves. Let's just all right now. Let's all right now. I hope I hope that all identity thieves get IBS. Um, <laughs> And uh, so um, if, if you want to go and just kind of live your life and, and say, look, I know this is out there, but I want to be protected, it's really no different than saying, I don't think I'm going to leave my car with my keys in it unlocked. I don't think I'm going to leave my house wide open. I don't think I'm going to not have a security system for my home. Now, all these things we do, and we don't even think about it because we just think, well, of course I do. That's just common sense. Well, same thing with their identity. Just get protected by LifeLock and Norton Security. There's no better coverage available. It's the coverage we use, and we were thankful for that, weren't we, Bubba? Yeah, uh, Just we recently. Were. Uh, call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code Bubba. Save 10%. It's not a lot of money, but, boy, it's worth every single penny. You can also find LifeLock at RickandBubba.com under the sponsors. And, and you know, Rick, the thing, too, and we talked about it a little bit, but I want to reemphasize it again, the way they got on the phone with me and walked through cool. these different companies they were trying to open uh, accounts with and told each one of them who I was. We went through a little process of that. 
stayed on the phone with me. And then one we couldn't get on the phone. They said, I'll stay on the case and call you back, and they did in 20 minutes. Yeah, don't forget, you get a, a restoration specialist like Bubba did that works with you if something does happen. More they're good. They're they know good. what they're doing, they they, and they got it dialed in. I love it. To the phones we go. Trolling, trolling, trolling. Keep them phones up, trolling. Here we come, phone trolling, phone, phone trolling. Hello, Mike, Texas, checking in. Go ahead. Mike. Hi, Mike. Oh, I'm Mike Grass Great Actors. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Didn't mean to catch you off guard by calling your name. <laughs> hey, Helms, uh, who you got on the Masters this week? Tiger Woods. No, oh, no, Ricky Fowler. Okay. Oh, oh. Nah, Ricky Fowler. So, uh, I don't really know. <clears throat> you th- you matter think fact, Tiger Woods Jack is going to win the Masters? I think he's got an excellent shot at Dude, winning the Masters. I think Jack Nicholas is in there. I think Rory McIlroy will be up there. Um, we'll, know, we'll know a lot more after today. I know that. You know I heard what? a stat yesterday that 92% of the field will be eliminated after the day, statistically from the past. Wow. That's amazing. Who do you pick? Uh, Speedy, who do you pick? <sighs> the Shark. He's not playing. <laughs> you know oh, who I'm okay. going with? Randolph Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Randolph Jr. <laughs> Lines available at 866. I tell you what I like about the Masters, this may surprise you. First of all, I know it's a beautiful place. I'd like to hunt there. It is. But hunt? I'd like yeah. to cut donuts in the yeah, greens. Maybe hunt, fish, hang out there, <laughs> you know, if I could get rid of all the golfing. But the um, – Get that <laughs> out so you can enjoy the place. The fact that you can't have your cell phone, yeah. that they take them up. I love it, too. I love – what a yeah. great – we had a story about that today. What a great tradition. Yeah. And I love that. I wish there were more places that you had to give up your cell phone. Yep. You know, the only two places that's ever had to me is at the Masters and then the time that – At uh, Derek Jeter's apartment. Yeah, we went, <laughs> I knew that we, we went to Derek Jeter's. That was it. Yep. Uh, Suzanne out of Gulf Shores listening to us on Sunny 105. Suzanne, welcome to the Rick and Bubba Show. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're, we're fantastic. I hope you're good. Oh, Beautiful weather down here. Living at the beach can't get much better. Yeah, you must. You must not be in Minnesota. No, yeah, no. Right. What are you talking about? We got oh, out just in time. Big, that'd be a big fat no. Hey, I'm not gonna keep y'all. I just wondered uh, if y'all had saw the story, you know, because PetSmart says you can bring any animal in. Mm-hmm. Where a guy in Michigan brought a camel in. I saw that yesterday. Did, yeah. Is that you two? They're playing yeah. off that guy with that. Why do I feel like Eric is involved in that somehow? Well, like Greg right. said, we had the story where the guy brought the big old bull in, yeah. and then that probably the the camel person saw the bull person. Now the, yeah. now now somebody's gonna see the camel person. Yeah. They're yep. gonna bring some rhino in. Well, I don't know. Did you see the story, Ricky? He had a little trouble getting through the door to begin with, but once he got inside, he carried him over to customer service. He went right up to the microphone and said. Y'all know what day it is? <laughs> Somebody said he walked in with Mike, 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 Mike. Does that not look just like that? Yeah. Okay, hey, folks, y'all know that when Pet Smart said that, they didn't mean camels and bulls. Look you know that. that ain't what they meant. You know, what if that thing went just, just the speed? Yeah, what if it just started kicking like, I'll tell you what like it's a not, ninja? It, I'll tell yeah. you what it's not. It's not thirsty. No. No, it's not, Rick. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> I wonder how they like living in, in. Who has a camel? Bubba, that looks like you. Is that in Minnesota? Is that what it says? Michigan. 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 Um, I mean, yeah, that's the Michigan not, man. I mean, they're usually <laughs> in a little more hotter environments, you think of them, you know. I don't like camels, bottom line. You're not big on them? You don't like camels. Well, don't like look, them. he can't get. He's, how about I, the, I don't, the two I don't humper like look, and the one humper? I don't like looking at them. I don't, it's not yeah, an animal. Okay. I don't know. It's not an animal that. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> there, there well, the two humper would be easier to ride. <laughs> right. You've got a saddle in there. <laughs> right. There, there is. Um, I don't like cam- camels. Okay. Camels are an animal. If somebody said, come over here, there's camels, I wouldn't even go. Yeah. Uh, ca- ca- camels, I mean, it's like. 
There was some in Calhoun County. There was a guy. I don't. I don't care to see camels. I don't want to be around yeah. camels. Yeah. Yeah. Are they pretty docile? Uh, I mean, you hear about a spitting camel every yeah. now and then. I don't want any animal to spit. You know, you somebody stay away from somebody says to me, Rick, there's some elephants over here. I'm, I go over and look. Oh, yeah. So, hey, man, we got a chimpanzee in a cage. Let me have a look. I'd go hey, look at a hey, camel. Hey, there's rhinos and hippos over here. I mean, hey, man, now, if you keep going down here to the left, there's camels. Yeah, I'm out. I you don't you, want to can you, you ride look that at a camel? I don't care about I don't camels. Know if, can you ride the one? That'd be hard to stay on. You can ride camels. You'd have to be king of the mountain to ride that one. Speedy, I know you like camels with no filters. <laughs> the, Tell you uh, what, y'all, <laughs> Joe Camel. Let's go to Ty, <laughs> my big brother. Ty in Birmingham. <laughs> Ty, go ahead. Thirty seconds. Listen to ZZK. Ty. Yes. Todd. Ma. Help me. How about Sa? Ain't nothing. Ra. Camel. Let's go to Wanda. And uh, Wanda, welcome to Rick and Bubba. Thank you. My husband is a maintenance man for a chain of Burger Kings, mm-hmm. uh, L.A. City, Clanton, Montgomery, Millbrook. There was, true story, a lady and a bunch of kids, a bunch of ladies, I guess. Anyway, they took a pony and had it in. Now, I don't know how they got it in there, but they had a pony in the for a birthday party <laughs> in the place area at Burger King. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And when the people told them, when the people told them, you can't have that in there, they left and they were mad as hornets because they made them leave. They had a pony in. Yeah, you might want to clear that when you, you know, you book those parties at at the restaurants. You might want to let them know you're bringing a pony. Nobody wants to jump in some bouncy balls where a pony's been. No, they don't. And I bet the pony don't want to be in there. He ain't gonna fit down the tube you, either. If you're if, first of all, if you decide no. you're gonna have a birthday party at a fast food place, you gotta clear the pony. Oh yeah, yeah. you may not have to clear the question clown. one. You don't have to clear the clown unless it's at McDonald's because they may want their own. Yes, but cool. I mean, but you you don't you don't just come up with an animal and don't tell anybody about it. No. Uh, let's go to um, uh, Chris out of Alabama. Chris, welcome to Rick and Bubba. Go ahead. Hey, have y'all ever ate a camel? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that I did. Not that I was aware of. There's a restaurant in Madison, Alabama, and they serve camel burgers. And, best burger I've ever had. And you? So you said? Did you just say best burger you ever had? Yes, it was. He's trying to come sure. on, buddy. I mean, it, it, I they prom- say when you I eat promise. it, you never get thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> so what? You get the one hump or the two hump? <laughs> okay. <laughs> We continue. Let's go to Matt and Tataliga. Matt, go ahead. Hey guys, what's going on? Good. Hey, uh, going back to riding the camel. We, uh, me and my little girl, rode the one. It's a one humper at the Birmingham Zoo, and it's, uh, it's pretty rough. Yeah, I've ridden a camel. Rough. I've ridden a camel before. It is rough. I've ridden a llama. It seems like you'd want to fall forward. With that one, it's hump. not good. What, did they have a saddle on it, Rick, yeah. or like a yeah, box? It's a big old like sample yeah. saddle, like a basket. Like, looks like it's made out of a basket. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. One side's got a big bar on it. One one person sits on the front hump, other person sits on the back. That's it's awesome. really. I've ridden an elephant before. Yeah, yeah. No, llama. So, I well, well, but the llama didn't want him to. No, no I actually rode yeah. an organized. How long was llama? I, I had an organ, but now we did try to ride llama. How long? But I never got on it. You for didn't. It. He, he, we yeah. couldn't catch it. Did I even get? To, did I even get on it two you, seconds? No, you 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 were about to throw your leg over, and it never got there. Mm-hmm. Thing was, that thing okay. did not so want you, to be ridden. You just on top of the one, huh? See, look at that. Oh, see, that's what. <laughs> I mean, he hit his head good. He did. Y'all, I, the, I, Speedy you know. rode an elephant down here at the yeah. uh, state fair that time. Remember Rick, that? you know, I don't want to ride anything without a clutch. 
Right. No. no. <laughs> Whoa, Mason and Jackson, <laughs> 94.5. Hey, man, um, the whole, y'all were talking about the Athens uh, school thing? Yes, yes the riot. I'm se- yeah, I'm 17. I'm a junior in high school. And I'm also doing rolled up at a trade school. And you would not believe the bull crap I have to put up with. It puts me to shame that my generation is going down a pipe. Yeah, I mean, now when you say that what you have to put up with, what are you talking about exactly? Pretty much the same bull crap that that school is having to parents coming up there all the time. Whining. Like, yeah. Yeah, you, whining. Yeah. You're talking about with your Boy. fellow students? Yeah. Okay. And when he said parents, parents come up there at the trade school complaining about something that the teacher's doing or, you know, well, y'all, better leave, y'all better leave my baby alone. And, now how would what you, doesn't help yeah. is the teacher is a hardball. I mean, he, well, most trade school teachers yeah. are. Well, I, he, I never met well, one he, that was a softy. Seventy-five no, no. years old. You're never going to tell him anything different because he doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> he's had he's had to put up with a bunch of characters for a while. He's hardened. We'll come back. When we come back. That's me. We go science. Update from Bubba. <laughs> one story we don't think he's enthusiastic about. And Bubba over in the bullpen. I think it's a charity story he's doing. Exotic cat on the loose in Virginia. We got all that still coming up. And we'll do some of that next. You got the Rick and Bubba show. Thanks for being here. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. It is nine minutes to the top of the hour. You hear the science update music as uh, we make our way back. Thomas Dolby, she blinded me with science. Bubba, we feel like this science update from you is going to be a little half-hearted. No, at no, least you know what it was. I was double checking. Okay, I didn't want to step out there because you know, so many times we get these reports now. I know, and nobody's doing their journalistic duty anymore, so it makes it tough on us commentators. Because they'll just reprint everything without knowing it. And then I was always afraid, especially in this story, they'll come back and go, oh, our bad. Right. Our bad. That was a picture. That wasn't a picture of a black hole. It was a light bulb in the bathroom. You know that kind of thing? Sure. Okay. All right. Because you really had, didn't have much of an attitude about it. When, mm-hmm. I mean, Speedy, well, Speedy seemed like he was kind of excited. And you actually, <clears throat> I hate to say it, you hurt his feelings a little bit. Yeah, well, well I, didn't, I didn't print anything about losing weight or eating better or whatever. It was about the black hole. And right. I thought, you, you thought well, he'll done. be fired up about this. And also the... The student NASA uh, what test yeah. rocket thing? I printed that for him the other day. He spit on that. Yeah, he, it's he, like he he's changed I, a little bit. You know how you felt? You felt exactly well, the way I felt when I gave my dad that GPS, and he told me he never goes anywhere. He doesn't know where he's going. Right. But the the problem is Speedy, with the rocket competition. There's a lot of competition, and I knew if there wasn't something outstanding about this, I know I would have a hard time selling it to Rick. Right. And he'd make fun of no, it. No, you're right. That stopped you in 25 all years. That, all that's legitimate. Well, I mean, I, there's, there's uh, you know, some lessons you eventually learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to be sure about the black hole. Now, Rick, here's the thing. We've never had a picture of a black hole. It's only been theoretically surmised that they existed. We've seen some things that look like it's being caused by black holes. But they have used a new virtual telescope technology they have now photographed a black hole at the center of the Milky Way galaxy. It is also known as M eighty six. 
Now you know what? Now eighty-seven. I, I'm sorry. Now I do need want us to discover the black hole that the government keeps throwing on my tax dollars. <laughs> right, right. Now that one has been visible for years. Right it's here. called Congress. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it. Uh, now, Rick, we've never had a picture because we've never had a telescope that is big enough to look fifty million light years into the middle of the galaxy. But we used a new technology called a virtual telescope where they use an array. They use like eight different telescopes on planet Earth that are spread out, so it mimics a bigger telescope, and it's really great technology. They've been using this for a while on some other things. It's, it's a, a basically a phased array approach, and what I was they, <laughs> a black hole has a gravity so, so uh, here, strong. Here we go that light cannot even escape from it. So immediately you think, how'd they get a picture of something like this? Well, they see the hot gases that are swirling around it about to go into it. That's what they took the picture of. Because by definition, a black hole would be a very dark picture. Yes, it would. Yeah. By the way, I think you, at one point you were fine, but when you went into all this about the, the gravity pulling it in, how they captured a picture, you've wasted that Kiba Dune shirt now. Do you think yeah, so? Yeah. But, you know, go ahead and button that one, 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 one button up. <laughs> of course. You button. <laughs> go ahead and cover up the, the snow-covered forest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, though, they could be making it up. And who Here it goes. You couldn't prove it. Any, how, how am I going to prove it? Craig. Well, the, let me go 157 million light years and check on it. Th- this is this is interesting because it you does it does help to prove some of Einstein's theory uh, of relativity and the way the universe is put together. But we're still staring at a major problem, Rick, and we've talked about it. The universe appears to be expanding and accelerating while it's expanding. Here it goes. And Here science, comes. Here science comes. has come up with come this with crazy it. theory about dark energy. Here it comes. And I don't have enough faith to believe that. i got to have a little bit more. Right. But you can't have an explosion that is accelerating further that it gets away from the point of origin. So our physics are in, in trouble, Rick. So this was, this was a major find to hope to get things back in. But it also opens up the questions of where do you go when you go in a black hole and do you time travel? Are there wormholes and all that kind of good stuff? Well, so can, I, can I ask you this? That gives the, the scientists something to look at instead of just playing with theory now. I'm going to speak now for all the people that when you were in science class paying attention, we were looking outside at trees and right. squirrels. Got you. <laughs> I'm going to ask. I'm going to I ask, was playing with the Bunsen burner. I'm going to. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. All right. It seems to be throughout at one time throughout science, mm-hmm. re- scientific research and the scientific method mm-hmm. that when we would have something that looked like that a theory had died, we would say, eh, that was a theory. Mm-hmm. We now right. know that that's not right. Right. When did that stop? Because it seems like now, no matter how many times you refute something, people just cling to it like it hasn't been refuted. When did that? Did well, they've, they've got a problem. They don't know. They don't know how to answer the problem. So they're leaving the old theories in place to then come up with it. And, and like I say, they've come up with this idea of dark energy that is pulling the universe out uh, and making it accelerate. Well, Rick, that's that. As I told the great astronomer that we had on here, Neil deGrasse, that's like how I balance my wife's checkbook. I just draw a line and start over. Right. You know, okay, and right, science right. requires a little better Thank answer you. than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they just don't have an answer. So it puts in jeopardy the whole idea of a big bang. That's what I'm to talking begin about. With. Um, now, and you know, we can get into these arguments about it and you know, my, my theory on this, we, Einstein thinks that light yeah, is a constant. I, I knew we we're going to get the speed of light. The only thing that can make a lot of our math work out on our universe is if the speed of light is not a constant and it has changed over time. 
nobody's been here long enough to test it to know, mm-hmm. so we just don't know. But anyway. Yeah. So you made my point. It seems like to me we'd go, now Big Bang, that hung around for a while. I think now that we know more, I don't think the Big Bang's, poss- the Big Bang's possible because it shouldn't be doing what it's doing. Well, if we, uh, you know, when we thought the universe uh, came from one point and it spread out and it was slowing down, the Big Bang theory had some credence. But now that we know it's speeding up, it doesn't really wash with what we know in physics, so we've got a problem, and that's where they've come up with this dark energy theory, which is it's just they've just created something to, to answer the question that they can't figure out, and it's not good science. 30 seconds on the clock. Do you have time for the Israelis? The Israelis are landing or are going to attempt to land a probe on the moon today. They'll be only the fourth country to do that if they're successful. And we'll see how that goes. I think they start live streaming this afternoon. So if you want to watch that, it's, it's really a cool deal. They're landed. All right. Some, some guy's telling you that the photo's not in the Milky Way that we're talking about. Well, you know, there, is, uh, there, there was two different stories on that about where it was. And uh, I went with Milky Way. But there, there's another galaxy they're looking at. It could be. I'm, I may be wrong on that. Eric says he doesn't think it's in the Milky Way. It may not be. Yeah, because you're saying one story says it is, one story says it isn't. So. Right. Well, that was back to some of the journalism. There we go. Our great journalism today. But it is a black hole. But it is a black hole. And there is one at the middle of the Milky Way, too. So. Thanks for doing that for Speedy. Thank well, you. And you really put a lot into it. Are you satisfied, Speedy? Yeah, I'd like for him to button up one, though. Yeah, because he I did. did. I yeah. got over. Yeah, no, dude, you got one. There you go, right there. Right here? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to button that it's up. Hot. Yeah, you're, going, you're going back to being the. Hot. You know, there you go. Top of the hour. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Proving daily that common sense is a superpower. American heroes, Rick and Bubba. It is six minutes now past the hour of the Rick and Bubba show from the broadcast plaza and teleport. A brand new hour starting right now. Speedy, the real Greg Burgess, Helmsy, Eddie Van Adder, our team Rick and Bubba on the field. Interns earning that degree in common sense from Rick and Bubba University. Drops from Jupiter and uh, Jalen Fruithurst. Welcome back for a brand new hour. Bill Bubba Bussey. Rick, glad to be here and thank all of you for being part of the Rick and Bubba experience. You know what? Uh, it was last year uh, I made an attempt to try to get Jay Warner Wallace on the program. The schedules wouldn't work. It all fell through. But this year uh, it happens. Uh, welcome to the Rick and Bubba show, Jay Warner Wallace. Uh, Jay, welcome <laughs> to Rick and Bubba. I oh, mean, I'm glad you. Thanks you've... for having me, man. I'm sorry we didn't get it together last year. I feel bad. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, I got over it six, seven months after it happened. <laughs> Yeah, um, exactly. No, but it, this this is really you know the the, the times that we're living in uh, now more than ever. I, I think that people of faith, you know, need to be able to defend what they believe. And I know you're not saying this, nor is anyone saying this, that we ever get to the point where faith is not required. But the faith that we all have is based on a tremendous body of evidence. And you, coming from a, a background of being a homicide detective. Uh, you've you've sort of taken the gifts that God gave you in your line of work, and you basically have done an investigation on the claims of the eyewitnesses and people involved uh, in the story of Christ, um, the person of Jesus, the resurrection. Uh, the book Cold Case Christianity is one, God's Crime Scene another, Forensic Faith. Uh, and, of course, we can talk a little bit about Casemakers Academy for Kids, but we definitely want to let everybody know about the Rethink apologetics conferences that are going on. Birmingham 
yours coming up. Jay will be one of the speakers there, and he'll be talking these um, uh, about the things that we're about to discuss here, but in more detail. Birmingham, that's April 26 and 27. Uh, then this fall, Orange County, California. And then Bubba, where you just came from, Minneapolis, coming up in November. Um, so, Jay, for those who may not know your story or, or don't, don't, haven't, haven't read the books, um, I've kind of laid it out in general. Why don't you give us more details? Well, you know, I was just somebody who was trained as a detective here in Los Angeles County when I first started looking at the Gospels, um, and I didn't have anyone in my family who were Christians. You know, a lot of this is going to be based on some sense of authority, right? So we would say, look, if we just preach the Gospel, if we just share the truth from Scripture, uh, then God does the rest, and you'll see this group will grow. The course that, that that assumes that the person you're talking to trusts the authority of whatever scripture you're reading to him. Otherwise, that that approach will also work for the Book of Mormon. And when that group grows, you'll say, "Well, there you go," or any other holy text, right, or sacred text of any other world religion. And I think we're at a point, especially with young people, yep. where there's a question about authority. Um, and so for me, I just had to, I supplied my investigative processes. You know, what, you know, how do you determine if a, a witness is reliable, if a suspect is telling you the truth? And I applied those to the Gospels, and that's what convinced me that they were reliable accounts of Jesus of Nazareth, and that other sources, like, say, for example, the Book of Mormon, were not reliable accounts related to Jesus. It's just a process. It's a pretty simple template that detectives use, and I try to share that in the book. But, but the reason why we do rethink conferences is because we know that this is the generation. You know, think about this for a second, guys. I don't know how old you, how old you guys are, but I'm a boomer. I'm, I'm 57, so I'm kind of at the low end of that. But the point is... Um, I am in a demographic right now which still narrowly is the largest demographic in the country. But within two or three years, as we are dying, um, the largest demographic will not be Gen X or millennials. It will be Gen Z, the high schoolers that a lot of you guys either know or have in your family. And you probably recognize the fact that when we do the polling on this group, they are the least committed to Christianity. They are the most atheistic of any of the demographics and they are going to be the largest demographic in the country within two or three years, probably the largest demographic on the planet within two or three years. So we have to kind of help them. And by the way, they, they have access to information. Oh, my gosh, they have yeah. more access to information than we've ever had. What they don't have is trust. What you see with this generation is they are the least trusting of information because they're bombarded with it, and it's all competing with each other. So what we want to do at Rethink is help them to understand that they can trust what is in the, the text called the Bible, and, and you might think this is just a, a student conference, but the reality of it is uh, every parent needs to know how to answer these questions. If you have young people in your life, um, that's on us, right? Because to be honest, you, you're not going to be able to buy them my books and say, hey, read Jim Wallace's books. Really? They're not going to read those books. They, as a matter of fact, they're not, they're not even classically readers at this point, right? We know that the, the, the statistics on reading. What, they, what they're really going to want is for you as mom or dad to be able to answer the questions they have about Christianity. So we have to master those. Jay, let me ask you this, as far as making a case, and I'm going to break down evidence in two categories, one in the Bible one outside the Bible. We'll start with inside the Bible. You have accounts. Uh, if you're making your argument to a jury, let's say, how do you and what do you say about the people who gave you eyewitness accounts in the Bible? What, what makes you think they are telling the truth? 
four things, four criteria. We have them in jury instructions. It's actually every state has got a number of questions that jurors can think about or ask as to themselves as they're listening to a witness on the stand. And those four questions, uh, those those number of questions, sometimes in our state, I think it's like 13, but they break into four basic categories. One, was the witness there, really there, to, to, to be able to see what they're saying they saw? Because you could, if you can demonstrate, for example, they're lying about being there, then they're, they're done. Right. Two, um, can they be corroborated in some way? It doesn't have to be a lot of corroboration. It can just be touch point corroboration, but that can be corroborated by physical evidence. It can be corroborated by another witness's statement. Three, have they changed their story or, or, or have they been honest and accurate and consistent over time? And four, do they possess a bias that would cause you to, uh, to not trust what they're saying because they may be motivated to lie to you? So, so those are the, the four criteria that we use to evaluate eyewitnesses. And you could put that, by the way, on any text that claims to be chronicling something that happened in history. You know, someone sees it. And they pass it on. Luke says that he has access to the eyewitnesses. Clearly, Luke is with uh, Paul during the book of Acts. He slips into first person. So he has access to all the people who were eyewitnesses. He says in the first paragraph of his gospel that he is consulting with those people in order to write the gospel. Matthew and John claim to be written by, by people who saw this. John's gospel even says, you know, we saw this with our own eyes. And uh, we could say a lot more, but this is what we're recording, so you will know and, and believe. So in other words, we, we have these documents that claim to be an account of what really happened. Well, how do we know that we can trust that account? That's the process we would use for witnesses, and you could apply those to the Gospels. All right, let's, let's look outside the Gospels. What do you feel like is the most reliable reports that are not in what we currently call the Holy Bible? You know, it's, it's, it's funny, on my website at Cold Case Christianity, there's one article that I think does the, and I've written about it a little bit in a book called Forensic Faith, that does the, that is the most popular article on our website, and it's just, you know, uh, evidence for Jesus outside the Bible. And what I try to do there is just limit myself to the earliest non-Christian reports related to the person of Jesus. And those happen within the first, I'd say, 50 to 100 years. If people who are saying something about this movement and, and if you look at what's being said, it's clear that, that the Christology, the high Christology, in other words, that, that Jesus is not just some simple preaching rabbi, yeah. that he is in fact working miracles and rose from the dead. That is the earliest version of Jesus you will ever encounter, either inside or outside the Bible. So it's not as though that the, the, the legend of Jesus grew, and some people would claim that. I mean, there are books that have been written about that, that somehow the, the simple Jesus, who was just a preaching rabbi who never worked miracles, never rose from the grave, that legend turned into the Christ we know in Christianity. It's just not true. The very first students of the eyewitnesses, so for example, John, his students were Polycarp, Ignatius, and Papias. And if you look at the writing of, of Polycarp and, and Ignatius, you're going to find that the, the version of Jesus you're familiar with is already being described by the students of the eyewitnesses. It's going to be hard to argue that somehow it took 150 years and everyone has to die and then the legend grows. That's just not the case. I mean, you're stuck with that person of Jesus. You may not believe it, but he is the first. That that version you know in Scripture is the earliest version recorded. Yeah, I've had people say, if you just want to claim to be a historian and you deny the person of Jesus existed, then you are not truly a historian. I mean, you're, yeah, that, absolutely. I mean, you have no even, credibility. 
Yeah, even Bart Ehrman, who is a, a pretty classic skeptic and probably one of the most well-known biblical skeptics uh, on the planet, has written a book about this. Uh, he, he's, you know, just to demonstrate that, no, Jesus is an historical figure. He doesn't believe that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. But to deny that Jesus ever lived, and is just maybe a recreation of prior mythologies, you hear that once in a while, you know, at some, uh, there are other rising and dying and rising saviors, you know, so that maybe occurred before. They'll always try to say he's like Osiris or like Horus or like Mithras. And by the way, that's not even true, right. but, but they'll make the claim. But the reality is that you cannot deny the historicity of Jesus. Now, you could test the eyewitness claims, but the best and earliest claims we have related to Jesus are the four canonical Gospels. You're stuck with that. Now, you can, you can, you know, after that happens, of course, a lot of legend develops. You see it in the non-canonicals. But that's what you would expect if there is a true person who did what Jesus did, I would expect all kinds of legend, and everyone's going to be writing about this guy, and it turns out pretty much everyone was. So, so I think that that's something we would expect. Well, uh, Jim, thanks for being with us today. If you want to go to coldcasechristianity.com, you can find everything we've talked about, the different books and, and the articles. If you want to go to the Rethink Apologetics Conference, uh, the next one is coming up this month in just a couple of weeks, and it will be uh, this uh, April 26th and the 27th. And uh, Jim is just one of many speakers that will be speaking, but we will be focusing on the youth. And as he said, we got to learn to speak and, and defend what we believe in a way that they will consume it. And you you got to know the people and be strategic. Even Jesus taught us that, to be as wise as a serpent. Sorry, sorry Bubba. Yeah, but as gentle as a dove. And we, do, we don't have to shy away from this because we do have the information they're looking for, and, and Jim's one of many people that has worked hard to produce it. So RethinkApologetics.com for the conference. Uh, it's in show notes at RickandBubba.com and uh, ColdCaseChristianity.com for all the different materials that have been produced by Jim and his ministry. So thanks a lot for being with us today, Jay. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, and, Thank and, you, and enjoy your time in Birmingham coming up. I will. We'll Thank try to you. get you a, some good spring days while you're here. Excellent. All right, man. We'll see you then. Uh, Jay Warner Wallace uh, coming up, part of the Rethink Apologetics Conference. Go to RethinkApologetics.com. Birmingham, you want to start talking about your students being there April 26th and 27th of great value. We'll be back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. 23 minutes now past the hour. Rick and Bubba show. I'm telling you, if you're someone who may be searching trying to decide what you believe about the Gospels, especially as we get close to Good Friday and the celebration of the resurrection coming up on that Sunday. Uh, go there, coldcasechristianity.com. Maybe the way that this man has been gifted by God and find the information that maybe you were looking for. Uh, it certainly is available to you. Uh, and uh, Bubba's been, been reading a little bit of that in the break, too. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, some of these writers um, mm. who were uh, in Jesus' time, especially around his death, it, it's funny to read their reports or to refer to the character they knew as Jesus. Um, I thought this was an interesting one. Uh, and I, This the is names, pretty cool. Rick, the names I can't even with, go into. With Good Friday coming up, listen to this. Uh, this is pretty a cool. Syrian philosopher was writing to encourage his son who was struggling with life and persecution and said, look to Jesus, um, and the direct translation is Jesus as the wise king for someone who handled persecution and, uh, and persevered, so to speak. So this is by somebody who's not a Christian writing to his son. So 
from a cultural standpoint, they knew Jesus, they knew his story as a persecuted person unjustly who had overcome. And he's telling his son, look to that, not as a Christian, but as an example how to get through a problem in life. And that's documented around 70 A.D. And there's about a dozen of these writings he's talking about. So there are other accounts of people who are not Christians who are referring to Jesus and the events that happened that weekend. Um, This was uh, one here too, Rick. We go back to the science part of it. This writer was around 80 A.D., uh, and he's talking about the time of Tiberius Caesar. Please listen to this. He this says, cool. at full moon, which we know that's when the Passover was, mm-hmm. there was a full eclipse of the sun from the sixth to the ninth hour. Um, and he's talking about Judea at the time. And, of course, we just experienced a full eclipse not too long ago. It doesn't last three hours. No, it doesn't. We have another one who writes about the uh, darkness that covered the earth and the fact that there were many earthquakes and rocks that fell down from the mountain at that same time. So, again, you're getting almost news reports. Mm-hmm. You're getting philosophers. You're getting personal letters where people are encouraging a son who's going through a tough time in his life, and I don't really know what he was dealing with. But he's saying, look to Jesus, the wise king, how he persevered. So you see these and the way Jay had brought that up, this is pieces of the puzzle that had no interest in a religious, no interest in a savior, no interest in the Jews, but was simply writing contemporary writings, and they're referencing things that happened and was documented in the Bible. And when you talk about that, you know, when they're talking that, about that's we, very interesting. We had mm-hmm. this eclipse that lasted three hours, and it was the exact three hours that the witnesses in the Bible say these were the hours that Jesus was being crucified. Yeah, he refers to it as the sixth to the ninth yeah. hour. Yeah, and so which is noon to three, which what we, what we would call somewhere around. And then and then he talks about the earthquake. Well, that that that's talked about yep. in the Bible as well. And it's just like the day that I talked to a Jewish man that became a Messianic Jew, and he said, I never was allowed to read the New Testament. He said, but I, I noticed the things that I was being told that historically took place with Jesus, this this person in their crucifixion, that the hours were laying out to the minute exactly how the rabbis would be sacrificing the lambs at the temple. And it was all going just exactly the same way. And he said, and, and it dawned on me that this is a person, not a people, that this was happening to. And I'd always been told it was our people. But I realized Isaiah was talking about a person, and everything that was happening to him would have been happening to the sacrificial lambs at the temple. And he said, and then I just had an, an epiphany, and I, and I realized that Jesus was who he said he was. So anyway. And, and Rick, there's another one. They, they refer to the great eclipse that happened at this same time mm-hmm. and the fact that it coincided with a massive earthquake like they had never seen before, all at the same time. So there you go. So it's um, certainly, and of course, then there's the, the, the gift or the superpowers we're calling it of of common sense, you know, people may die for something that they think is true. I'll give you that. But people never die for something they know is not true. (laughs) Okay? Never. And if there was ever a time for these men that people claim were making this stuff up, and, of course, they've never been able to point to why they would do that, they would have at some point when they said, we're about to crucify you just like Jesus 
I believe it's time to come clean, they probably would have if they knew what they were doing was a scam. Right. And, and, and they knew that they stole his body and pretended that he had risen from the dead. They would have come clean about it as opposed to dying. So you might you might now I'll, I'll grant this. There's people who die for things they think are true that aren't. Right, right. But mm-hmm. nobody dies for something they know is not true. Yeah, the people that's making true, up true. the story would not die for it. Mm-mm. No, they may sell somebody else on it, but they wouldn't take a bullet for I, it. As I said, I know myself. Y'all come on out, they got us. Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's uh. Well, this is good, and we we never even got to Josephus. So hey, yeah. that's real interesting. It's on his website too, cocasechristianity.com. You go look at it. Good resource for you. We'll come back. Another exotic pet problem. Today, it's the people of Virginia. Animal Control is working with the owner to try to find the exotic pet that has escaped. We'll be back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. This is Jewel. Unlike every other red-blooded American girl, I love the Rick and Bubba Show. 35 minutes now past the hour. Carshield.com. Carshield, are you under the car shield yet? You're not. Tell me you're not driving around some car that's got 5,000 to 150,000 miles on it or more, and, you, and you're just saying, well, the manufacturer warranty's over. I guess I, I, I mean, you can't even have a warranty. Uh, well, you could if you'd go to carshield.com. Uh, it's okay to think you could have something because you can. Uh, go to carshield.com now. They make the process very easy, uh, and you find the right coverage that fits your particular automobile. Uh, and then when the old car needs some needs some repair, it, it, these covered repairs are, are are you know handled very easy. You have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. They do that for free. Amy from Mississippi said, Rick and Bubba, thank you for uh, offering up Car Shield here on the Rick and Bubba Show. My Car Shield experience was fantastic. I have an older car, tons of mileage. I'm trying to hold on to it a while longer. It's my baby. I heard you talking about Car Shield. Made me think about getting an extended warranty. I did some checking into the service. I ended up purchasing a warranty for very little considering the age of my vehicle, and I had the warranty for less than six months when it paid, baby. The alternator blew out on me uh, right on the highway, no less. Car Shield was a lifesaver because without them, I wouldn't have been able to afford the repair and not have been able to get to work. I can't thank you all enough for saving me by pointing me to Car Shield. So would you like to have the same peace of mind? Well, then you can. Go to carshield.com or call 1-800-CAR-6000. Whichever you choose to do, mention the code Bubba or type in the code Bubba. That'll save you 10%. There's also a link at rickandbubba.com under the sponsors button. Bubba, 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 Bubba. If today they made me king, I would eradicate from our society all exotic exotic pet owners they would be gone <laughs> i would round them up so what's allowed and i would throw them into a pit with their exotic pets what, what would be allowed cats dogs that's it. birds that's, no maybe? i'm not even gonna have birds because i don't think we should cage something that's given the gift of flight yeah that, that's so, a bit cruel, so that, that's you know this is the famous a tough freaking bubba truth that we mentioned is that we really don't love animals we love to have animals which what is, you got rick which is fine hey mm-hmm. I, i've got i've got this brilliant 
I mean, I'm talking about colorful. Look at the colors on my bird. Where do you keep him? Well, I, I, you know, he has the gift of flight, and he can majestically fly anywhere he wants. But I decided, because I love him, I would trap him in a cage and put something in there to sharpen his beak so he didn't stab himself in the chest. <laughs> and from time to time, I let him out where he banks around the walls of the house uh, because I love him. Uh, you know, now, some people would say if I loved him, I would set him free to his indigenous home. But oh, no, no. I've showed my love for him by caging him and bringing him to Piedmont, Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, he'd rather be out in India somewhere roaming the jungle, but we've got him captured Ah, in Calhoun County. ah, Cockatoos love Calhoun County. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we love to have animals, okay? But we have to draw the line when your love of having an animal brings an animal into a domestic situation that is dangerous for you, your children, and the rest of us. (laughs) So uh, now in Virginia... Again, an exotic exotic cat native to Africa, Africa, Virginia, Virginia, Africa. Uh, is, hey, is Virginia a country in Africa? No, it's not. It's a state in the United States of America. Virginia's not in Africa. It is not. So um, we, we brought a cat native to Africa. And you know what? Now picture if you've moved, picture yourself. I think I'm going to move to the beautiful coast of Virginia. Can you picture it in your mind? It's probably a a great place, Uh peaceful. Look at me on the coast of Virginia. I'm loving my coastal city. And you're thinking to yourself, eh, I've got to worry about a raccoon maybe. (laughs) Possum. Uh, Might have have a pesky dog next door. Uh, Maybe he barks a little bit. Beagle barks a lot. You know, somebody's got a cat here or there. And somebody said, hey, I don't know if you know this or not. But uh, there's like an African wild predator roaming the coastal city of Virginia. And you're like, how did that happen? I'm in Virginia. Right. I'm not in Africa. Well, I'll tell you how it happened. Some Igmo brought this thing to Virginia because it's not satisfied with having a little tabby. That's, that's, why, that's why this has happened. And uh, they're describing it as a wild cat. It has a yellow coat with black spots. It, it looks in the picture... Very much like a lynx kind of. Kind of a lynx cheetah. giant bobcat. Yeah, it kind of got a little yeah. cheetah look to it right. as well. It's an African wildcat because mm. uh, the cats are back. Look at its tracking collars under that are not working. Yeah. Yes, it has a tracking collar <laughs> that, appa- nice? that apparently has just become stylish because we can't find the stupid thing. It looks like a jaguar, Rick, that was running wide open yeah. and hit a tree. That's a weird looking cat. <laughs> it is. face is I'm not scared of that flat. one. Greg. Oh. You'll be scared. I don't you think it could kill me. He don't weigh about 25 really pounds. How much? How much no. you weigh? 25 pounds. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he'd get me pretty good, scratch me up, but I think I could I choke him out. I don't want a house cat that's mad at me. Well, no. You know? I no. put him in the bobcat area. Yeah, he's about too. like a bobcat. But mm. I don't want a bobcat. But he's from Africa. It makes him more dangerous. Yeah, that's but right. that bobcats usually don't chase you down. You Africa. got a chance with this. African bobcat. When did you become an African wildcat specialist? Well, I'm just when looking. When did this happen? If I see that, I'm not scared. <laughs> we had the woman yeah. in Georgia attacked by a bobcat, got in her basement. I distanced right. myself. Rabbit. Would you be For scared sure. of this if it was yeah. a true cheetah? Yes. Yeah, but that's yes. not. He's just got strong. What, 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 so what, yeah. what about a lynx? What a lynx Size matters in this, Rick. Well, it's just oh. up there, bobcatish. So if you rounded the corner to, to this little stalky hall. That wouldn't bother you right there? No. Nah. What Wong if he jumped something and starts calling yeah, you fast? He was hungry. Rick, that's Rocky. He's what a if he was hungry? No, nah, if he went, if you looked, you went. <laughs> Y'all, that's a scary animal. You got a chance against that, though. That's going to run Not if it gets a hold of back. That's going to run you got a chance against that. Go back. They're awful brave in here with it on the screen. Well, bring one in here and let's see. 
I'm telling you, bring find one in here. Lead it cat, out here in the alley behind the studio and see what you do. That with it. Cat, it was hissing at it you. On. That cat would it's run from you. Week. I can it handle. was raised as a as a baby Greg, in a cage. Greg, it would run from you. every oh, sing, every you know single. Know how Greg's gonna die. Every <laughs> every single exotic pet would are here. Now they're more afraid of us than we are of them. Well, I'm not talking about a lion. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, God, Billy Joe's Again, become an expert on African animals now. Billy Joe has become an expert on African animals. Now I read about them on Wikipedia. <laughs> so I thought I'd order one. Rick, he let, right, he so, let somebody put a track call. What on. noise would you say to it to get it out of there? Go on now. <laughs> Listen. What is it? Now? Yeah. Put the picture <laughs> back up, Bubba. Bubba, this is right up your alley. Put the picture back up. That's almost a regular cat head on a long neck, long leg. When the picture animal. comes back yeah. up, I'm going to show you. It looks just like us in the studio. These are the animals. Oh, wait a minute. That's <laughs> these are the animals <laughs> that the Egyptians worshipped. Yeah, yeah, it does have yeah. that look. Okay, Greg. Yeah. Give me that. All right, so, so now, you wouldn't now run bring it down. Space. Bring it down. Look at his ears. I want to see his ears. Uh, Can you I bring it down? I got, let's see. Bring him down. Yeah. Uh, what happened? A minute ago, you had a perfect well, shot of it. It's a cat with no ears. Rick, it's by, <laughs> that's really scary. Right there. Look at that. I've oh. seen those things as idols in Egypt. His those things. He's got bobcat marking on the back of his ear. His bite radius isn't big enough to hurt you. Greg, a house cat Greg, can hurt you. I'm gonna say this: yeah, they can you. hurt you, wouldn't but not you. kill you. That's my Greg, whole point. Try to give one a bath. Try to give one a bath in a golf shirt and see how you come. I out. could overpower that cat. Greg, jugular. <laughs> I, I get him. His teeth are like razor. A little sharp. head though. I get that little. And his head, claws yeah. can tear. Greg, he's from Africa. Off. I could overpower. Greg, things in Africa. Twenty-five pounds. That's animals from Africa. James. How about this? Animals from Africa. They play at a whole different level. Greg is a cat, but he don't know from Africa. You know what you live, Greg? You you're saying, hey, I'm pretty good with pets at the high school level. Well, try to go to the NFL. Africa's the NFL. Hey, he wasn't raised in Africa. He's not raised in Africa. I'm with you on that, Greg. He's wearing a collar for people like y'all that get us all killed. He's got DNA though. He's got the DNA. I know. Let me Greg, tell you what. Track and collar. That's, that's not Rocky a pet collar. I'm not going to have anything like that living in my Virginia coastal town. I'm sorry. I'm just not scared of that. Rick, Greg could not give a house cat a bath with a golf shirt. No. He couldn't. No, do. but could they bathe themselves? <laughs> they don't need baths. No, you got to make it mad by giving it a bath, and then we'll see how bad it is. Yeah, that or, or, that's, your, that's your average house cat that sleeps around all day. Try to give it a pill. I got attacked by some. No, same time. thing. It's not good. They ain't having it. I got a pill and see what happens. I was attacked by a Siamese cat. How big are they? Where they're tiny, and he got me, but and but I mean now he paid a horrible price for it, but he jumped on me. That's my point. Maybe eight pounds tops, ten. Yeah. This thing is Earth, is thirty. Birds, I tell you how you can like stop it's a one. Bird. It'll get a bird and a chipmunk, and that's yeah, about it. That's what he eats. Ain't gonna mess with a human. Oh gosh, you what? He's scared. You're, of you're saying this African wildcat goes after chipmunks and birds? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Yep. It's, right. a, it's too petite to mess Rick, with. It weighs twenty five pounds. What's Rick, wrong with y'all? Have that? you ever watched ever National Geographic ever? Have you ever I've watched an animal documentary? Like, well, hey, Speedy's got them on his phone. Pull up African wildcats right. and let's see what they eat. Not, right. Don't just pull up African cats. Pull up that thing. Yeah. I said African wildcat. What, is that what is what it's called? called? It's called something else. It's called is there a story wildcat? out there where an African no. wildcat has killed else. humans? It's called something else. There must to be one from a Virginia coastal town. Yeah. No, because that's how it's going in. This is going in with a bleeding granny out by the curb. I'm telling you, that's where it's going in. I don't know. All right, here we go. We got um, it likes rats, mice, gerbils, uh, small to medium sized birds, grandmother, uh, and people, lizards, and uh, y'all ain't got nothing to worry about. And Jack A's. He's just a little predator. Pleasant Valley. What it says. (laughs) You know what? So let me ask you this. Now, will he bite you up? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. we got we got you lambs, domestic livestock. Now we're getting up to lambs. Uh, <laughs> Attacks, no, antelope, fawns. Fawns. I'm going to remind you this when you get in a rabies shot. 
Now, he could give you the rabies. Yes. Would you yes. walk into a pen with one in there and me lock you in? Yes, I would. I think I would. All right. Well, now, wait, we're going to put a little money on it. Yeah, how much? I'd do it for 500 <laughs> Appearance fee. African Wildcat, 500 bucks. Yeah. How long I got to stay in there? I, yeah. Uh, you got to stay in there for five minutes. Oh, I'm in. Oh, 500 Do it. Let's do it. Set it up. Final phone calls of the hour. What if I said you had to sleep in there overnight? <laughs> uh, now now got you got to go 1000 We'll be back. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Nine minutes to the top of the hour, Rick and Bubba. Here we go. Phone calls coming in. I say, hey, hey, mama, this is Mr. Rhythm and Blues. Say it. He said hello and put me on hold To say the least, the cat was cold He said, don't call us child, we'll call you Alright, let's get our golden ticket seats here I got a ticket Jessica Black, hello David Black, what's up buddy? Good to see y'all here uh, Where is Will and Helen? Will and Helen Thank you for being here, Will and Helen. I like Helen's shirt. I do, too. Say no to socialism right there on her shirt. Thank I like you. that, and I like it a lot. Uh, and uh, let's say, now, here comes a name. Who thinks I can get it? I love that, like, the Drops of Jupiter do this. So she's got their name, and you're supposed to tell me how to pronounce it, like, phonetically. She just writes the their name again. I mean, with, with no, I mean, not, nothing. So I'm going to try for Susan and Billy, and Billy's having a birthday, Andrusic. Did I get it? Andrewzik? Oh, I got it. Andrewzik. Uh, and uh, Billy's having a birthday with us today. Um, you got another phone on there, How about Amy uh, Zersky? Did I get that right, too? Amy, got it right. And um, and we also have uh, Erica. Of course, Eric and Amy. Eric and Amy are the Rick and Bubba travelers. They got to write a book, Our Journeys to See Rick and Bubba. Erica Shudder here today. Jessica Collins. Uh, and also Aaron Toller, all here in the golden ticket seats today. And they get a pound of BuzzBox coffee and a Rick and Bubba double CD. If you want to join us, go to rickandbubba.com and click on contact. Tickets are free, but you do have to, you do need to reserve them to be here. I kid you not, Drops of Jupiter would take their name and then write beside just it. Just write it. The exact same thing. And if you're going to do it phonetically, you have to do it phonetically the way we say it. That's key. Yeah, that's, that's very tough. Key. That's good. But, I mean, she just wrote in pen. Like, I have it printed, then I have it in pen. That's the only difference. All right, so. <laughs> what I love is that she's trying to figure out what we're talking about. Let me about. tell you something. There ain't never been an intern named better than that. She lives out in space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was Drops just complimenting you on some things. Hey, yeah. we just paying you a comment. Good job. All right, to the phones we go. <laughs> Rick said you're out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> trolling, trolling, trolling. Get them phones a trolling. Yeah, Rick, I'm from trolling. Phone trolling. Chris, Pensacola. Go right ahead, buddy. What's up, Megan? You. Buddy. You. Well, I was just listening to you guys talking about the African wildcat, and I heard the real Greg Burgess say he could handle it for $500. This is the guy that got pinned by a guy with no arms and no legs. Hello. I'm I'm way more afraid of him than I am that cat. Oh my goodness, he might as well get attacked by a house cat. Greg, I'm making a big deal. Oh, now out you've of gone it. too no, far. No, see now you've left Bobcat and gone to house cat. Yeah, a big house cat. A Bobcat, it, it, Greg, at least stay with Bobcat. And and I mean, cause yeah. I, I'll but it doesn't I'll give me as a Bobcat. I'll give you Bobcat, but a Bobcat is not from Africa, and I keep trying to tell you that. Yeah, but he don't have. That's a, big, a whole other level. I agree. Go, with you, Rick. Google Bobcat attack. 
Rick, this this is Rocky. He was raised, and he's got a shot collar on. And I mean, come on. Said said said. People, I'm talking about Rocky. Listen, I'm not talking about just anyone. Said people them. long before this person who've had pets who kill people. Okay. You may scratch. Have you ever had one pet owner tell you that their that their their pet was going to kill somebody ever? <laughs> you know <laughs> you what though? It, hey, it get happens, hmm. doesn't it? It pit bull people. Well, you going to wrestle a pit bull now? Don't no, understand. I this, I'm not scared of a fox. How about this? Well, you need to be. Would you, Why? Would you, how many people have been killed by foxes? A bunch. Never. No. My rabies. There you go. I'm going well, fox I'm attack. Y'all going rabies. That doesn't count. Yeah. You know what? Well, well, you know crazy. It makes him crazy. Well, that's yeah. one of the pitches they got. Greg. I'm talking. They didn't rabies. say this thing had rabies. They just said it was an animal. Would you, well, ra- would you rather get into a pen with a pit bull or an African wildcat? African wildcat. Really? Yeah, I would too. I think I think so too. I think I'm with you on that. Yeah. And we just let pit bulls run around like there's no. You know what? It seems to be there's certainly exceptions. I think if it, if you know somebody said, "Hey, hate deed not to breed," <laughs> okay, but but y'all y'all got a breed that does a lot of deeds. But yes, yeah. listen, you know because I a lot of deaths. Now, right, we do yeah. have yeah. them on record for killing people. Yes, we do. You know, hey, any any dogs capable of danger in the wrong hands? No, not a cockapoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They're, really, they're not. Yeah. I mean, Greg, I was looking up these stats on animal attacks, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you heard us or not. How many? Attacks? Do you think they are a year by domestic dogs? This is going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind a lot. How many? What do you think? A year in the just give me a number. USA just attacks. Good. You're low, three to five million. Can you Uh, believe that? That's a lot. Twenty deaths a year from a dog dog attack. Good night. Three to five million, only twenty died. That ain't. That's a good odds. No, it means a lot of people survive, but it's still twenty-two million. Greg, but we left out the maimed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, the maimed ain't in that number. Yeah. That's a good point, Rick. Really. Talking like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody. If how? you've been attacked, you're probably coming away with some problems. Now, Greg, how many from Greg, foxes? Greg doesn't say. I, Greg, I, I saw Greg, it. I'll quote Pet Cemetery here. Sometimes dead is better. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Right. This is you what know, they the, really hey, 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 Rick. Good news, you made it. What's wrong with me? A lot of stuff. Yeah. Run me the number on the bobcat deaths. How yeah. many they kill? This is what the fox says. It. First of all, bobcats, if they lived in your neighborhood like dogs do, they'd be more bobcat deaths. Mm. They mainly try to stay in the woods away from you. That's what I'm saying. You have to go find them unless they're rabid, then they come in and kill yeah. you. Ra- rabid fox attack here. Well, they, they got treatment for that. They don't. They're not walking around thinking, I'll tell you what, if I had that rabies, I'd get something done. No, you're right. I, I actually walked in one time, and I noticed a group of dogs kind of talking, <laughs> and I'm not sure what they were saying, but I'm almost certain they were discussing rabies. Yeah. yeah. One of them looked around like, hey, you heard? <laughs> Two houses down, rabies. <laughs> hey, hey. Old hey. Rover down there is acting weird. Rover. Hey, Blue, you remember that fox you killed last week? <laughs> rabies. Really? No. Yeah, that, that's you? a whole new thing. Yeah. We continue. Let's go to uh, Kyle. Kyle, welcome to Rick and Bubba. Thanks for your patience, buddy. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, Green Acres. Thanks for the call. Buddy. Appreciate it very much. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I didn't get to call in earlier during the uh, talking about the thing that happens at the uh, Athens High, High School. But uh, basically, when I was in school and the discipline was uh, going on, my dad told told my teachers to, to paddle me any time, like even when I wasn't even doing anything wrong. He's like, just paddle this guy because he's probably going to do something wrong at some point. I just don't understand why discipline isn't as, like it used to be. I mean, I just don't understand. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you why it's not like it, it used to be, because parents won't tolerate it now. They, they won't. Yeah. They, they won't they, they, the schools are afraid of the parents because the parents 
have demanded that their children never be touched, and and so that's the end of it. His uh, his dad said whip him because I'm sure he got away with something. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I mean, maybe that may be a little far. I remember one every time, now and then just whip him. I remember one time that I did that I did get whipped for not doing something, and I did have my mom say, "But yeah, think of the things I didn't know about." Yeah, that's true. Just put that over now. It account. tends to all work itself out, right. doesn't it? So yeah. Mom, I wasn't even there. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough, right? Do I even know you? So the uh, all right, let's uh, let's go to James in Albertville. James, welcome to Rick and Bubba. Go ahead. Hey guys, a uh, little info on the African wildcat. If it's what I think it is, it's a savanna cat. That's it. And to agree and disagree with Greg, there's four generations of this cat that you can get. First generation is as wild as it gets from Africa, and they breed it all the way down to fourth generation, which looks like a normal house cat with the leopard spots on it. So yeah, that's what generation. this one was. It's first generation. This one's African, came straight from okay. Africa. Yeah. No, you don't know. <laughs> I can't say that. I, yeah, Greg, that Greg, I could tell it was wearing one of them, the hats like Jim, Jim Brown wore. <laughs> you know, with the green and the yellow. Greg, look up pictures of people who've been attacked by bobcats. Not Did anybody pretty, die? That's a pretty bunch. Anybody die? Yeah, sometimes Bubba, death is better. Rick and Bubba.